Weird Science DC Comics Podcast will spoil this week's comic books and use very, very naughty words. If either of those things upset you, go listen to NPR. When you eventually grow a pair, don't worry, we will be waiting for you. Thank you and enjoy. Previously on Weird Science. Her husband was in the hospital, and she wanted to see if I could give her a ride. I probably resembled something from her home country that was an urban legend. Five people listening to this. Yeah. Three of them are shaking their fists at me. Well, honestly, it could have been important because Jess was out picking up some uh, last-minute Christmas gifts, so I, <laughs> I had the house to myself. I found the Jewish television channel. All right. Which only... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Why are you going to sound awful? What are you going to go with here? I know but, more about Mortal Kombat than you, even though the newer yeah, stuff. Kind of. If you know three characters, you know one. Exactly. You can't have an entire year be set up. But I've read comic books most yeah. of my life. No way that will well, ever happen. Already, we're, we're off track now. That just sounds awful. It sucked. Yeah, it, it sounds like. Just each week was a new adventure. Time for America's favorite podcast, where two guys go on and on about nonsense, even though it's a DC Comics podcast. That's right, it's Weird Out Loud, and this is episode 13. I'm Eric Shea. I'm Jim Warren. Hello. Hello. You told me earlier that when I say my name, we're getting right into it. Yep. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> we are great at these intros, aren't we? Uh, I don't really care much. I come up with something silly that I can put on a fake voice for. It's a good time. Yep. Did you say Weird Out Loud? Yes, I did. I always miss it. I don't know what it is. It's like a subliminal thing that I don't want to hear it, and then you, you sneak it in there. But you know what we're going to start the podcast with, Eric? What's that, baby boy? Corrections, because that seems to be uh, the way it's gone now, uh, because we get a lot of things wrong. Yeah, constantly. Actually, not a lot of things. You know what we seem to get wrong a lot? He and she's? Yes, because what we'll hear later in the um our favorite part of the podcast, which is the listener mail. Our man, Chisanga, is a man. That's right. And last week, I actually called it out. I'd been kind of skirting the issue for a while because I wasn't sure. Uh, but yeah, Chisanga told us that he is indeed a guy. And again, after you messed <laughs> up Bengal, you thought Bengal was a girl. I thought Chisanga was a girl. They're both guys. So again goes back to your old dating days when you, you, exactly. you just you never could tell <laughs> well i'll say what we did for the Chisanga though is that we went back to like ninth grade spanish and thought okay there's an a at the end that's a, like a feminine quality right there yes. we we're wrong we we're well, completely wrong i also want to uh, mention we, we talked to Chisanga. Chisanga emails me uh a lot about the show about the the site he comments on the site a lot and each time we get a little more about him like, at first we didn't know where he was from or if he was a guy or a girl. So we said, oh, you're, it's a girl. No, it's a guy. And he did mention before that he was impressed with me because I pronounced his name right and said that it, that doesn't happen often 
outside his country. Doesn't happen often on this website. Well, I don't know what country he's from. That's what I want to know now. So we keep getting dribs and drabs. So Chisanga, next week's email. Uh, tell me where you're from because I really want to know. Uh, I, that name is so um, foreign to me. So I just want to know. But uh, what happened to you this week, my man? Well, this is something. It's, it's kind of a throwback to our first episode, which you will not be able to find on any Stitcher or iTunes because nope. the first and second episode – it's, it's much like we're doing now. We don't really know what we're doing. We've just gotten better at not knowing what we're doing as we go. Yeah. <laughs> um, the first episode, I talked about this rush, this old-ass Russian lady that came to my door. On, it was Christmas Eve she did this. And mm-hmm. she wanted to know if I would drive her to the hospital to visit her husband. Yeah, and you weren't really even sure if that was it. You, weren't, you, you were confused uh, yeah, because saying, you had no English idea so, what she was talking about. Yeah, her English was so broken. I was trying to piece this shit together, and that's what I came up with. I said no, obviously. Maybe she like had talking. to go see Chisanga. <laughs> that was it. But you so, thought she was Russian, right? I, Russian, Polish, Europe, I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's something out, out there. I have no idea. Well, the other day, I got another knock at the door. And I, I'm fearful whenever that happens. Like, yeah. it's my fortress of solitude. I don't like to be bothered once my door is closed and I am behind it. Yes. So I get a knock at the door. And when you knock on a door, there's kind of like a buffer room. You knock and kind of step back maybe so when the person opens the door, you're not right up in their face. Mm-hmm. Not this woman. No. This old-ass woman is like right – like she had her forehead against the door. That's how close it seems Maybe she that's was. how she knocked. Maybe. Her head, banging her head oh against God. the door. And – the worst part is, so I open the door. I'm pretty close to right there, so I can try to peek through to see who it is. And she's got this clear tape over her one eye. Oh, so yeah. now, was a kind of an eye patch. Kind of an eye patch. Is, could it be possible she was doing an Eric cosplay? <laughs> she was heading off to Comic-Con where you're going to be mobbed by people. I don't even know what episode that was when you were claiming that if you showed up at, at Comic-Con with an eye patch, you were going to get mobbed. I don't believe that's exactly how it worked. I think that's what you said. Uh, soon after you claimed you were a performer. No, I still claim I'm a performer. Oh, baby. that's true. Well, what happened with the lady? What the hell did she do? <sighs> well, there she is. Did, do you know what the old witch looks like in the old Haunt of Fear comics from the 50s? No. Okay. Well, she looks a lot like that. <laughs> I actually, when you say that, I don't know why, but I think of the witch in um, Sleeping Beauty. No, nothing like that. Okay. How about um, Witch Hazel? No, not exactly like that. Cause she's, I'm telling you, she Bette feels, Midler she looks in Hocus like, Pocus. No, no. She, this woman is so thin, she looks like she died a week ago. Yeah. And, you know, just those, like, age spots, and now she, and, like, the long gray hair just straight. And it's really weird, but she's got this eye patch on, this tape over her eye, and she's right face to face with me. And I don't know what to think, because I'm a little terrified at this point. Am I going to have to knock out an old fucking woman for scaring the shit out of me? Did she smell? I, I didn't, I don't know. I didn't, like, you know, I was breathing through my mouth just okay. to make sure that didn't You're happen. You're a mouth breather. Yeah, I'm a mouth breather. <laughs> so, and mind you, she has this broken ass English. I finally figured out she wanted me to open her flip phone. And flip phone. Yeah, flip phone. <laughs> so I could dial a number so she could talk to her friend. Okay. So I, I do this, and I hand it back to her. And I'm standing there while she has the phone up to her ear for about a minute and a half before I realize she never pushed send. So I didn't you, push you send. You didn't push send for No. Her. 
I figured she would. So she's standing there, listening to nothing, acting like she's like you know waiting for somebody to pick up the phone. Mm -hmm. So I grab the phone again. She has no idea what I said when I you know can I have the phone back? And she just looks at me all weird with that one goddamn eye. <laughs> and I take the phone out of her. I push the button. I hand it back. So you lady, just grabbed it from her. So I had just to. just standing there, and you just grabbed it back. Did she yeah. even react? I don't know. I was just trying to push the button. I wasn't paying attention at that point. I was just looking at the phone. Because I can't see to begin with, but yeah. she's, you know, that close. She stepped back to freaking take the call. Okay. But before that, she's right up in my Why didn't face. she walk away? Why is she still outside your door taking a call? To, I'm saying there to make sure that the person picked up. I don't know, and this is all very weird to me, man. I don't like answering the door, but I did because I'm a goddamn idiot. Yep, I yeah. think somebody's at my door. <laughs> <laughs> the dog's going nuts. Maybe there's a Russian woman. But that's not the thing. I push send. Lady picks up. She says thank you, and she leaves. She just walks away. Did she actually step away, or did she like hover down the hall? Did you I, look to see where she lives? No, I did not, man. I, I don't want any parts of this. Have you any... ever seen her at any other time than these two times? No. Are you sure that she's alive? <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm telling you, you're, you're talking about this. The story gets weirder from here on out. A few <laughs> days later, I, uh, I bring this up, talk about, oh, I'm going to talk about this on the podcast to my girlfriend or whatever. And she looks at me with this just utter disbelief i guess i don't know or stupidity i don't know i thought it would be disgust possibly a little that's disgust. usually disgust the problem is she thinks i'm insane okay because in her mind an old asian man came to the door <laughs> asking asking if i could like help him with the cell phone so it'd be great if she thought like an old asian man came and asked if he could borrow the mower <laughs> or like, can you help me unplug my toilet or something? But so she thinks it's an Asian guy. You think it's a so it basically is a morphing ghost that only uh, is seen through the eyes of the beholder. Well, apparently she's seen the Russian woman before, and she saw the freaking um, this old Asian man that apparently lives in the bottom floor of the, our apartment okay. like the day after this happened. And she's arguing with me throughout the night about how she thinks I'm going crazy because this was an old Asian man. I'm like, I was face-to-face -face with this monster. Yeah, yeah. Freaking, you were across the room. My big-ass body is in front of the door, which I'm only holding open a little bit. Yeah. And she swears up and down. It's an old Asian man, and but, she will not let this go. But she's seen the Russian woman. Yes. And she says it wasn't her that time. No, and she doesn't even think, know that there was an iPad, like something covering the eye. She doesn't have any recollection of this. <laughs> Just this old Asian man that lives on the bottom floor that apparently came to the door and wanted me to help with his cell phone. Hmm. Well, you can't see, but that's, no, I think that it's... I can see face to goddamn face. Well, right? I think two things. Uh, you guys have to move, <laughs> and, and you're both idiots. That, that's my two uh, thoughts on that. Because, man, I wouldn't want... People come and knock at our door. The hell with that. I'm not answering. You hear the... There might be three people at the door right now telling me the house is burning down. I'm not answering that. <laughs> I, I actually yell for my kids. That's one of the things kids are good for. Yell for them to go and answer the door. That's what I do. But if you want to catch the full story of this old Russian one, go back and I guess you have to go to our site to check out the first episode. Yeah, yeah, the first part. Yeah, this. yeah. In fact, um, as a joke on the second episode, I made a little uh, bumper thing for the beginning that was uh, kind of like uh, taken from the podcast serial. Yes, and yeah. it was it was excellent. Yeah, I had to bring I that, that in for this. That's bring when. That uh, 
that's when we used to do like little jokes and things and didn't we weren't lazy then. we had no idea what we we're doing we we're doing little jokes and bumpers yeah jokes bumpers uh talked a little comics i mean people think it's nonsense now holy moly those first two that's a, there's a reason why we didn't put them on itunes <laughs> because man they, they weren't good and i mean if if we really dug into the archives there was like those two or three episodes that we didn't even finish yeah. we got the one i think the one just completely the computer crashed my computer that I was doing i i did it on my laptop then and that crashed one we just i think we just in the middle just gave up no we bailed on that, that was <laughs> we terrible. just walked away oh it was awful but you know what eric what's that baby right now we're gonna get back to those old days because you know why we're gonna play a little game show oh shit all right what's the game show Yes, Eric, we're going to play a little game show, <laughs> and it's going to be called What the Tag. What do you think of that? I don't think I like just, it. Just jam out to this musical. Do you know, what's, you know what this is from? No. That was from the dating game. From <laughs> the, the dating, dating game? Gift. Yeah. I went, through a whole, I went through a whole bunch of uh, theme songs. That one seemed to be the best. But I, I think I used to watch old reruns of that when I was like oh, in yeah. elementary school it's and crazy. stayed home. You, you know how. The dating game back in the day was almost like what they're trying to do with um, the Studs? Family Feud now. No, the Family Feud. They give you loaded questions that you they want you to say things. And then when you do, they go nuts. Like Like they never thought, like, what would a guy put up his butt? You know, his so finger, they, don't start ah, they start going crazy, do they dancing start break, around. Do they start break dancing? Like they break dance, they jump around. Ooh, oh, my God. They fall on the ground and do like a woo, 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 around in a circle, you know, stuff like that. But this game show is called What a Tag. And you know oh. what it is? It's a tagline game show where I'm going to give Eric a movie tagline and see if he can guess the movie. I you, love taglines. I know favorite- you do. We talk about it. We make up our own sometimes. <laughs> uh, and you know what this has to do with comics? Nothing. Nothing and, at all. And, and looking at the one, I have five here. Looking at them, not one has anything to do with comics whatsoever. But we all right, so I can take that thing. genre right out. Oh, yeah. And here, we're going to start. The first one, you know what they do with the first one. It's kind of a, um, it's a softball. It's all a right. softball question. Here's number one. Trapped in time, surrounded by evil, low on gas. Army of Darkness, baby. You got it. What year is that for a little bonus? 1993. 92. Sorry. Damn it. I saw it in 93 then. Number two. Houston, we have a problem. Apollo 13. You are right. I'm not going to ask you the years. We're just going to go down. This will be quick. Uh, the next one, it's going to get a little harder. That is 95. <laughs> the next one, Leisure Rules. Oh, shit. I do know this one. Leisure Rules. Rules. It's one okay. of your favorite movies. Oh God, I know this. Um, Leisure Rules. Leisure, Leisure Rules. rules. <laughs> Most All of right. the time, these are found on the movie posters. Yeah. If you're yeah. not familiar with that, Leisure, Leisure Rules. Oh God, this is gonna piss me off. Let's say Ferris Bueller's Day Off. You are correct. Oh that yeah, that's a good one. Now the next one I put because it just makes me laugh. This is the weekend they didn't play golf. This is the weekend they didn't play golf. Weekend at Bernie's. Uh, Deliverance. (laughs) (laughs) 
That is actually the tagline for Deliverance. Yes, that is the, so they basically got raped by other men because they this didn't is the go weekend. play golf. Ned Beatty squealed like a yes. pig. Yes, this is the weekend they didn't play golf, which I put that also because it's one of those that kind of points out why we love the taglines because some of them are just so ridiculous. Now, this one is starring a woman who was in a movie that I watched today, but it wasn't this one. Dishes, relationships, wind. This guy breaks everything. That is terrible. Dishes, relationships, wind. This guy breaks everything. What is that, Eric? I'm going to say, what about Bob? <clears throat> oh. Drop Dead Fred. Oh, shit. Drop that Dead Fred. I actually watched Gremlins today. Oh, what's that dude's what? name? Oh, I, I don't remember. I want to say it was uh, Yahoo Serious, but that's not the no, same guy. No, it was not Yahoo Serious. So, Eric, thanks for playing. You did a great job. What again? Three out of five? All right. Yeah. Little Price is Right outro. Yeah, take it away. Bro. All right, yes, yeah, so you got three out of five. You did pretty good. Um, so we're done with that. That was a little weird break, but I wanted to do that. I he told to... me this right before we started recording. Yeah. So. I wanted to do that uh, for a while now. I like the idea of that game. We'll see how it plays out. Now, guess what we're going to now? Listener mail. Let it be listener yep. mail. It is no listener whammy, mail. no whammy. It's listener mail. Oh, wait. Let me see if I press your... Oh, no whammy. You mean like this? That's an awful <laughs> theme song. All right. Listener mail. And as we always like to point out, if you want your mail read on the podcast, you should email us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. And we will read anything. Also... I'd like and to since point I out, don't have the hold on, and what? since I don't have the password to this email account, you can yep. send dick pics as well. Uh, no, I, I don't think I'd like that. But hey, everybody can do whatever they want. Maybe if you do, I'll put it on the, the website. We said we'll put everything out there. So no, don't do that. Don't do that. All right. Also, I I do want to start off here. We we've mentioned it before. We're not very professional in, in telling people to go to the website and all that, but also we love to get... You have a website? Yeah, we have a website. It's <laughs> at weirdsciencedccomicsblog at blogspot.com because we are a blog, Eric, and that does not get us much respect. But we, we demand respect. You know what else we like to demand or at least beg? Pizza uh, fries? No, not pizza fries, not um, bagel sandwiches or anything like that. We would love people to go to iTunes. And give a rating or a review of our podcast. And you know what? People people have done it. And I don't know why, but people seem to have fun writing really awful (laughs) reviews, but giving us five stars. So as long as the five stars are there, I'm fine. But man, people seem to hate us. I don't know what it is. I think it's a love-hate thing. I don't know. Yeah, they always do seem to love us at the end. But at one point, they start off writing reviews, even in the mail. People start off by hating everything about us, and then by the end, I don't know, we win them over, and then they love us. I don't know. But the first mail is from John. Oh, John. He's Where back. have you been? He's missed, he missed last week. He's back in the basement. He's ready to rock because John, <laughs> he has a shout-out to uh, John Hader. Remember John Hader? Yes, I remember John, John Hader. Hader didn't like John. You know what John says to John Hader? I quote, John Hader can fuck off. <laughs> there you go. John's a man of few words, but they're very strong words. Especially with all the masturbation points. Yes. Now, the next email is from Chisanga. All right, Ch- Chisanga. And again, Chisanga likes to talk to me. never really addresses you. So I think Chisanga is Team Jim. 
Fair enough. And I'm on Team Jim. Chisunga says, hey, Jim, awesome podcast last week. Thank God that Bard stepped down and will be exposed. Already getting into the, the uh, Batman Eternal for this week. So, And a, a little background. I got this email uh, early on Wednesday morning before we had a chance to even get our books. So I was a little confused then, but now I know what's <laughs> going on. And, and a lot of these things that, that Chisanga is going to say, I almost said her or she. Um, we'll address when we do talk the books, but I, I still, I said, we're going to read everything. So... Again, thank God that Bard stepped down and will be exposed. Also, I am a guy. <laughs> anyway, I didn't really follow the majority of the new 52 titles, so I was wondering if there was any setup for the Batgirl Red Hood thing they had in Eternal. Since as far as I'm concerned, Batgirl had a boyfriend in Gail Simone's run and feelings Ricky. for Nightwing, then had a fling with that random guy. That was the first issue when she woke up and the guy was there, which yeah. I still want to point out is not very um, young audience friendly, if you ask me. And no. now a cop boyfriend in her latest run with Stuart and Fletcher, while Jason was seeing that air hostess girl uh, in Red Hood and the Outlaws, with their interactions only occurring in crossovers as far as I remember. Not hating on it, just asking this because it is coming on a bit too forced and out of nowhere with them apparently having a full-blown romance, and it makes Babs look unfaithful in my mind. Since these moments are occurring in real time to both her runs where she has her boyfriends. Uh, any thoughts on that, Eric, what this uh, crazy romance starting between Jason Todd and Barbara Gordon? Well, saying, as far as I know, they've only really interacted in this capacity in Batman Eternal and before this for all continuity. Batgirl really didn't like Jason Todd at all. No, and, and the weird thing about it is, is in Eternal earlier in the series, even before you were reading it, it was kind of a highlight when those two would get together because it was more of like a, uh, you know, like um, a brother-sister type, bickering and making fun of i think one of my favorites was uh when batgirl showed up the one time and had her new look jason kind of made fun of her like she was trying to look like him or something like oh yeah, yeah nice nice look with the leather jacket or something <laughs> and it was funny and i i really did enjoy it I, in a couple of my reviews i even mentioned that i i enjoyed the interaction between the two but then all of a sudden in this issue this final issue number 52 that came out this week it, it turned, like, sexy, sexy time. Yeah, it and got really weird. It, it fell off to me, and it it kind of sprung on when um, Jason was trapped. He, Jason thought he was going to die, and then Batgirl showed up, and I don't know, it got really odd, and I, I didn't like it. That was one of the things I didn't like about this issue, so... Uh, Chisanga, there really isn't any background for it, and I didn't like it. I don't know. Did you like it? No, not the. I thought you meant the issue for a second, but no, no, I did not no, like the, just that, like, that little bit. I like the bit. fact that Jason is, uh, has an interest in her, but uh, for Babs to reciprocate would be ridiculous in my mind. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and we'll get we'll be talking about Batman Eternal. Plus, how are you going to slum it off? Like, you're going to be with Nightwing, and then you're going to slum down. That's to what Jason I was thinking. Todd? It's like very it's like odd. What Starfire did in the beginning of Red Hood and the but Outlaws. Again, I wouldn't even think that even that Jason knowing that uh, she liked Dick. She, she she loves Dick. Um, I Who don't. Doesn't? I don't know. I don't think that uh, he would go for it that way. He'd stay away if you ask me. Honestly, I actually hope this goes on like this is Scott Snyder's doing, and it will fuck up Cameron Stewart and Brendan Fletcher's whole thing they're trying that to would, do. That would be funny. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. Somehow, I think they're going to announce that there's no Jason Todd on their watch. Yeah. Now let's get on to the next mail because we're we'll get more into Batman Eternal later. Uh, next mail is from our man Reggie. 
your man, Reggie. He don't like Chisanga. He don't talk to me. He talks exclusively well, to you. I'm gonna tell you. I have to give a big shout out to Reggie because uh, during the week Reggie uh, hooked me up with a little uh, KMD. The, uh, <laughs> I have no idea what that is. And that is not anything illegal. Uh, it did sound weird. He hooked me up <laughs> with that KMD. Now it's the rap band that he asked about MF Doom last right. week. Asked uh, about my rap listening uh, knowledge or whatnot. You got some cred. Yeah, I got some cred, and he sent me a link to a KMD album, and I listened to it uh, most of the week, and it, you know what? It's awesome. It's so good. It's very, I told him today, I said it's like um, De La Soul and Tribe Called Quest. You know what else it reminds me a little of? What's that? Beck. Oh, God. And in a roundabout way, I think that KMD might have influenced Beck a little, but uh, so you can take that for what it is. But Reggie has a two-part email. One is to you and one is to me. And Reggie says, Dear Eric, eating 4,000 calories of McDonald's food in response to being told you eat unhealthily is like blowing up your own building in a response to a bomb threat. <laughs> your body has started a Twitter campaign to have you evicted from your own epidermis. Hashtag Eric is more now malnourished than a Somalian refugee. Now, this is in uh, response to you, uh, Reggie, basically telling us we eat horribly and yes. you going and eating that awful McDonald's box with uh, that two... That sounds like challenge words. Yeah, two Big Macs, two cheeseburgers, two fries, and 20-piece 20 20... nuggets. Oh, God. And not to mention the two-liter of soda and all the sauce you ate with the nuggets. But, oh, God. Yeah, that was an odd, odd call for you to do. The best thing was I ate that the day before. <laughs> you did, but my whole family did. But that that's yep. last week's talk. And also, in a related story, your girlfriend may want to take out a life insurance policy on you. The premiums will be high, but she probably won't have to pay them for much longer. <laughs> in closing, if Jason Voorhees had murdered fat kids instead of dope-smoking, sex-crazed teenagers, you'd probably be a health nut. But then you never had your head chopped off at sleepaway camp, oh, um, God, don't I'm assuming. So I suppose some good came from that era of horror flicks. Honestly, Matt, though, I think if Jason did kill fat kids, I'd still be a fat kid because I was a dope-smoking, sex-crazed teenager. And But even earlier, though, as a younger kid, you were a fat kid. So you've been both. What was <laughs> what was uh, more fun? I would have to say the dope-smoking. Yeah, the dope-smoking, sex-crazed teenager. Uh, by the way, I like when people keep bringing up sleepaway camp, too, because, oh, man, God. you're not a big fan. I, it, it haunts me to this day, that final scene. Yeah, I, actually, I think that when I first met you and we started working together, we were talking a little horror movies because, like, on the podcast, you were boring the hell out of me with them and forcing them on me. Yeah, that's right. But what we I were do. talking, and, and one of my old friends, Herb, was a big horror movie fan. So what I did was I kept thinking of the movies he liked, or at least I knew he watched, and I'd mentioned it. And I remember, I'm telling you, it was like one of the first days. And I said, oh, do you ever see Sleepaway Camp? <laughs> you started yelling. I was like, okay, I won't mention Sleepaway Camp anymore. Check that off the list. Well, Reggie also goes on and, and has an uh, email for me here. And it says, Dear Jim, here in small town New York City, <laughs> because I, asked, I was wondering last week where he's from, because I said it says he's from New York, but I, I would think New York City would have pizza fries. You but he think. says... In small-town New York City, we like things simple. We like our pizza as pizza, our fries as fries, and we don't eat a full three-quarters of our meals out of microwave cellophane packages. Now, before oh, I we even it. go... Reggie's pretentious. That, before we go on, <laughs> I do want to mention that you are more of the microwave meal man. Oh, I, I can't cook for shit. If I didn't have a microwave, I'd starve. Yeah, I actually cook 
all of my family's meals, and I'm not that bad a cook. But I do get a lot of criticism from my wife for not including a lot of vegetables in my cooking, which kind of stems from my uh, mom's cooking when I grew up. Oh, uh, terrible. I got Number you. one, she's from England. Number yeah, two, terrible. she's an awful cook. I, I like the joke. It, it goes all over the, any sort of nationality, but when they ask the smallest cook or the smallest book, ever made was great chefs of england <laughs> and my mom's right in there i'm telling you i told the story before where she was feeding the one kid um cream of wheat by just pouring milk on it like cereal <laughs> never cooked it uh the, the other thing that makes me laugh is when you grow up with an awful cook as a mom you tend to start to like things or prefer things that are awful like uh one thing that i always think is brownies anybody who serves me like big fluffy delicious brownies yeah. i can't eat them i need them thin and hard as rock Burn. oh yeah that's how I, and there's so many other things like um it was kind of a joke with us at one point but i had told you over and over again that my mom used to put butter on pop tarts oh it's so gross dude. and i'm like oh that's how, and i kept going you never told me that there was actually a family guy episode where that where him and quagmire are singing songs and they mentioned putting butter on pop tart and then i finally saw and i was like you son of a bitch i didn't want to tell you you're like the original honey boo boo yeah it's just my mom was just an awful cook i you know if you keep listening to the podcast you'll hear some other crap that she cooked in one of her big things was she would cook us those encore meals like salisbury steaks and things like that i had no idea that she just grabbed it out of the freezer and put it in i thought oh man she really went all out making these (laughs) salisbury steaks little did i know that they were like a dollar 99 a package i thought she you know slaving over the stove oh she's awful uh, but uh, Reggie continues, in a world full of misery, I can understand why you might be in a hurry to die. But consider this, by staying alive and healthy, you can inflict misery on others and increase your tempered worldview exponentially. That's what happens every time I listen to your podcast. I'm off to the suicide hotline where I can press number five for clients who just listen to the two jokers of weird signs. <laughs> Thanks for making me a Red Lantern. Love, Reggie. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? It'd be good if we, you know, we're that good that we have our own extension on the suicide hotline i don't think i'm that negative though i'm pretty in it i'm pretty negative oh i know uh, today i was furious but we won't get into that that's that's a little behind the scenes i was <laughs> i was spouting out hate oh ready, my god it was uh, i was ready to go i was ready to kill somebody but uh the next email is from vlo and it's funny because eric has called me out before we started that he thinks that i'm vlo because I mentioned this to him earlier this week or last week. It was, I think it was like two weeks ago. Okay, like two weeks ago. I mentioned something to him because I, I'd been listening to the old podcast just to make sure. I'm always afraid that if I don't listen to them, there's going to be like a section that's completely missing or doubled up. So I've <laughs> actually come back and listened to uh, most of them by now. Except those first two. Those are awful. The worst uh, part about this is I knew as soon as I said oh, it. I, I laughed too, but uh, here it is. Hey, Eric. Leah Thompson was in Howard the Duck, not Leah Tomlin. Anyways, <laughs> Leah Tomlin, who the fuck is that? The awful love child of Leah Thompson and Lily Tomlin? You are uh, an idiot. Ooh. And I love you guys and your podcast. Keep up the awful work. See, that's this, what is, Tony, this is like the reviews on iTunes. Five this is stars. what I'm talking about. People, on, I'm, I'm telling you, somebody will have an iTunes. These guys are the worst. I want to kill them. I hate their guts. I want their families to die. I love you. Five out of five. It and just I'm keeps happening. We, we uh, did this podcast that he's referring to on a Saturday night like we usually do. Mm-hmm. And then on Monday when I saw you at work, I was, 
I was like, I, I can't believe I said this wrong. Yep. I hope nobody calls me out. Uh, and then, like, you know, a couple weeks went by. I'm like, oh, thank God. It's, no one's going to catch this uh, error. Yep. Nope. Out of nowhere, so blow comes the, out. The podcast is public record now, and you will be <laughs> called out on all your awfulness. This is the thing. If we went back and did all the corrections that we should, the podcast oh, would go from Christ. three hours to 15. And I don't – that's the other thing. People seem to hate our long podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, podcast There's something over. I can do about it. What I is said, it? Hey, see you in seven. See you in seven. <laughs> your great freaking sign-off. What's your great sign-off? Talking Mine about is, your uh, kids freaking good friends? Good night and good luck. That is not your sign-off. That's my sign-off. I, I actually had a thing about Walter Cronkite in my uh, top five list that I had to pull out because you weren't going to do it. And uh, I mentioned Walter Cronkite in it, so I looked up his sign-off because I was going to sign off with it. And I, I forgot what it was. And I didn't do it. I, I had a whole thing planned. Didn't do it. You know what, how I... What is the sign-off? I don't know. I can't remember now. Oh, jeez. It's like, I'm Walter Cronkite. Go fuck yourself. That's what I think it really Man, is. And he was hardcore. He was. They used to bleep that out and dub something <laughs> else in, I think. Yeah. But the next mail actually continues more of Eric talk. Oh, Jesus Christ. Chris T. Or maybe Christ. <laughs> I think it's Chris T. Well, tomorrow is Easter. He has yes, returned. That is to give true. Me shit. Chris, Christ has risen from the grave to give you shit. He <laughs> says, "Is Eric crying in a cereal now that it looks like Future End isn't going to get wiped clean?" He was so sure, but but from listening to your podcast, he is rarely right on anything, and anything <laughs> is in capitals. <laughs> uh, you, you got me on that one, but I'm actually going to defend myself here because even though. It looks like we still have this terrible future. I think that is an isolated timeline, and our heroes do not have to face that. Okay. You can... I think that timeline is like time locked. So what you're it's... saying, it's a cop out? It, no, uh, yeah, it's, oh, we'll get to that in fucking when we get yeah, the future set. But it's a parallel timeline that is still existent, like a lot of these other convergence ones. You know what this is? This is too much comics talk early. Not in the comics talk mode yet. You're talking future set and time locks. Ay, ay, ay. The next one is from Hans. The Hans. I love the name Hans. Hans says, in Hansel. case. In, <laughs> that Hansel is so hot right now. Hans <laughs> says, in case you didn't know it, Eric's dad is dead. Oh. Happy Easter. <laughs> Thank you, Hans. People won't let you forget that. You won't let me forget that. I know. Well, the next one is, is addressed to me. And I'd like to say that. <laughs> Calm down, Eric. My dad's almost with your dad. They can all hang. They can hang out together. Uh, hang out the next one's from Stephen, but I'd like to call him Stefan. Okay. He says, "Hey Jim, why the Tomasi Superman Wonder Woman hate? I like the book more now that Tomasi has taken it over." Uh, Stefan, you're wrong. Good. Uh, the hate is because it's not been very good, and I, again, you're wrong. And we'll talk about say, that later. But the man, reason you're wrong. Yeah, these okay. are a lot of specific. Uh, emails to this week's books yeah you know, we usually don't get that we usually get a lot of hate but man people want our knowledge knowledge it is they and don't you want because i'm always wrong you are wrong but you know what we're gonna we're gonna start dropping knowledge bombs Boosh. you know how we're gonna do that why's that baby with the news right. and my first moment uh, actually I'll, i'm gonna tell you we have uh da, 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 four news items four oh, news items the first one 
Variety reported that the first trailer for 2016's Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice will debut with Mad Max Fury Road, which will be released on May 15th. There's no word yet on if the trailer would be released concurrently online or be exclusive to Mad Max Fury Road showings for a time. I like that that little press release there, the thing from Variety, because they they really do they have money in the Mad Max Fury Road. (laughs) And by the way, it's Mad Max Fury Road. You gonna go see Mad Max Fury Road? I think I am. Are you? You're gonna go see it in the theater. I I might. I don't know. I'm saying I was. This movie's been in development hell for years, Mm -hmm. and I always thought it was a joke, especially after Beyond Thunderdome. Because can't we just get Beyond Thunderdome? Nobody can get Beyond Thunderdome. (laughs) You know um, what? We don't need another hero. That's all I have to say. <laughs> but no, fucking, I thought this movie was going to be a joke. For all the like news I heard of, about still it might the be. Years, no, the fucking trailer is amazing. Is I, I don't know. It, I'm saying it might be shit, but the trailer got me hooked as soon as it came out. Well, now there's going to be another trailer attached to it, the Batman versus Superman. And hopefully that'll hook me the way this fucking um, one did. Remember when um, Phantom Menace was going to come out? And I, I can't remember the movie that they kind of piggyback the trailer with that in where they had a lot of people go in and then yeah, I don't leave. remember. Yeah, I wish I could remember, but I don't think I think those days are over because of the internet and just people waiting. I don't yeah. think that many people will go to see Mad Max Fury Road only to see the trailer and then leave. I might be wrong. No, that's not going to happen. Remember that. though, that was like the big thing. Everybody oh, was going to go see that trailer. It's kind of like I said in games when uh, Crackdown came out and had the demo for Halo 3. Everybody bought Crackdown to play the demo for Halo 3, and then it just happened to be that Crackdown was okay. <laughs> That's my video game talk. Uh, the next piece of news is about Jon Stewart. And it's not the Jon Stewart you think, or is it? Is he leaving the Daily Show finally? That's not the Jon Stewart <laughs> we're talking about. Jon Stewart is in Justice League, or it will be in Justice League. And people are speculating that that might also mean that he will be in Batman vs. Superman and then the next uh, Justice League movie. Uh, because Jeff Johns so. posted to Instagram, grew up with Jon Stewart, rereading the run from his intro to Mosaic, anxious for Jason Fabok to draw him in an upcoming issues, in upcoming issues of Justice League. And he just well, threw that I, out I there. See. Nobody knew anything about him being in Justice League. I'm saying, though, he just might show up in a freaking Justice League issue during Dark Side. Yeah, it says... Anxious for Jason Fabok to draw him in upcoming issues of Justice League. And if it was just going to be him doing... Why would he put that if it's just going to be like one panel or something? I think I, he's giving a little shout-out. I don't know the man personal. Out. I'm saying though, I don't know the man personally. He could just be a big fan of Jon Stewart. All I know is he's sitting there with that damn Green Lantern hat on, typing away... <laughs> or maybe his Aquaman hat. He has those two hats. Yeah, yeah. Typing away furiously to tell you personally that Jon Stewart's going to be in Justice League. I throw and, up and bullshit look at you. on Facebook you're, all the time. You're pish-poshing him, and he's trying to tell you. No, this is, I, don't, I don't see any grand design here for letting people know that because he'll be in a fucking issue that'll be in a movie. I see no correlation. Hey, I see a lot of people talking online. Yes, a lot of people talk like we talk online. We don't know shit. I might talk online right now until I'm going to type right now. This means that he is in movie. Boom. Now, now the next somebody on a podcast tomorrow is going to report it. All right. When I t- ask you for this next piece of news, when I asked you what character do you think of when I say hockey mask? Jason Voorhees. No. You're supposed to say Casey Jones from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because Stephen Amell 
has been tagged to play Casey Jones in the upcoming Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. Ooh, is it the secret of the ooze? It might be. No, it's what not. Do you think the original I know it isn't. Um, what do you think of that? You like Steven Amell? He's all right. I don't, you know, I just pretty much know him as Arrow, and he plays Arrow and Oliver Queen. I, yeah. That's about it. That's, you, like, you like Casey Jones? I loved Casey Jones when I was a kid, man. It was one of my, I'm telling you, it was my favorite non-turtle character. Really? You know uh, what's funny? No idea who that is. You didn't? Did you watch the original Teenage Mutant Ninja no. Turtles? No. No. Why do you mean no like no. that? No. You know what I think? Movie. Casey Jones, I think of that uh, Grateful Dead song. Do you know right the song I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. That's all I think of. And I hate the Grateful Dead, but that's what I think of. Casey Jones. And Casey, if you would have Casey asked Jones. me, if you would have asked me, if you actually did some work and got the news and you were asking me questions and you said, what is Casey? I think Casey Jones is a woman. Just like every time we get it mixed, mixed up, I would think that's a lady. And oh, I would say wrong. it was a lady of color who happened to be a reporter. That I think sounds. You're just playing off of the character from Talon. No, I don't know. I think yeah, maybe it just sounds like it to me. But yeah, no, Casey um, Jones is a badass vigilante that wears a hockey mask and has sports equipment as his weapons. He's kind of yeah. like Sportsmaster. Yeah, I, I actually saw pictures while I was looking this up. But uh, according to the what? report, uh, Megan Fox will also return as April O'Neil, and Will Arnett's returning. I forget which uh, which turtle he does. He does not do a turtle, doesn't he? I thought he did. No, he plays a character, a oh, human character. I thought that he also. I thought that he was one of I, the. Turtles I can't voices. remember the dude's. I can't remember the dude's name off the top of my head, but he was a big thing in the cartoon back oh, really? in the day. Oh, I thought that he played one of the turtles. No, I know nothing. I didn't see the the reboot. It was not very good. I didn't see any of that. Um, Only thing I hope though with the Stephen Amell Casey Jones news is that um, in the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles show, mm-hmm. he has this kind of weird like uh, Day of the Dead. Like, you know, a Mexican Day of the Dead looking mask, like instead of a, like a traditional hockey mask. Well, and I, I, I hate that. Well, one of the things was uh, it kind of came about uh, Stephen Amell tweeted, someone has to find me a hockey mask was his tweet. when it Holy shit, he's going to play Jason Voorhees? That's what I thought. <laughs> People are probably like, what the hell? But yeah, I like Stephen Amell. He's all right. Do you think he's going to be as crazy with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles franchise now that he is with Arrow? Because, man, he seems to be like the, the spokes uh, person of everything Arrow now. Well, it's like that uh, the, the actress who plays uh, Selena Kyle in Gotham. Yeah, yeah, any, yeah, it is true. If we tweet uh, Catwoman anything, she jumps on those and, and favorites our tweets, too, which is cool. Her whole life encompasses Catwoman oh. now that she is playing Selena Kyle. Uh, she's on TV, right? Yes. Guess who might also be on TV? Who's that? Me and you. Get the hell out of here. You, listen to you pretending you're surprised. I am yes, surprised. Really, we, uh, we might be on TV. We got an email, and this is <laughs> this is our personal news. That's the thing. But you yeah. wanted to talk about this. You really haven't given me any information about this. I don't know any information. We got an email that uh, <laughs> the guy... I guess maybe listens to the podcast because what's weird is he called us out as uh, hey Jim and Eric so yeah. I and used the email that we only really push on the podcast so I'm I'm assuming he listened to the podcast and for some reason thinks it'd be a good idea to put us <laughs> on TV now again jerk off face it's kind of what it would be it, it seems like a um, like a QVC like an online uh, on TV uh, shopping network home shopping network a yeah. home shopping network and. They're going to have a comic collectible show where they're going to have things from uh, DC, Marvel, all, all over things. Things um, 
uh, signed, some rare stuff, I guess. And we got this email that asked if we wanted to be on, where we would go on for, say, two minutes. Uh, I'm assuming it's on Skype, so I'm assuming, like, our, our ugly freaking faces would be in the corner. That's the thing. And we barely have a freaking face for radio, I know, all right? I know. I don't know. Well, you know what? That's why it's going to be at 1 a.m. <laughs> it seems now they're pushing that it would be live, and it's at 1 a.m. I... I'm going to be real tired. That's uh, like, I'm not going to be awake at 1 a.m. Well, it may be that they, they hit the Skype and watch both of us sleeping. It might <laughs> be. But, again, it, it's supposed to be something that's going to happen on Wednesday, April 8th. And if we, if we do it, which I told the guy we're going, to t- we're going to call. He's going to call us, I think, on Tuesday. I, I said he'd have to talk to both of us. We'll find out what's going on. Right. What it seems like is our freaking ugly faces will be there interacting. And I said... You know, I want you to wear the eye patch. I want headband. I want it all. But also, you had that headband. you had that crazy beard going. You just shaved it. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> how? What I want? I might try to find a bowler, black bowler, uh, big glasses, and uh, gold chains, and cool. maybe even a Adidas jumpsuit. I want to go full out, uh, run DMC, and it'll be kind of funny. Uh, I'm saying I, I was I was bored, so I shaved the beard off, but I trimmed it up. So do you remember how Liam Neeson looked in Batman Begins? Oh yeah, yeah. Kind of have that going oh, on. That's that's even more ridiculous. That'll be good. But uh, it's <laughs> you know on... those little points on the side on the bottom. Yeah, yeah. So well, it's on the um, it's on the Evine, Evine Live Evine Live Network, and. I don't know. The guy's saying that it's, you know, 88 million households. But, of course, that's just how many people are on the, the cable deal. Uh, nobody will be watching us. I actually, um, I actually look, too, and just, you know, on our cable here, I look to see what would we be going up against right. at 1 a.m. And what I saw were such hits as Ed Slot's Retirement Roadmap, <laughs> a show called Never Fear Power Outages, all right. I don't know what that's about. And my favorite, Little Power Women, Adams, Little Women, L.A. Tara's Little Family. And, you know we and might this is a big have episode. People watching us. Well, th- it's a big episode of Little Women, L.A. because Tara and Joe receive some troubling news regarding their unborn, unborn child's health. Is Tara, that a show about midgets? Tara undergoes medical tests. The doctors make a surprising decision about Tara's due date. <laughs> Sounds pretty good. Yeah. Is this a show about midgets? Yes. Okay, I don't there's, know. There's like 80. I think there's actually a network now for all these shows. There was all these. I, I forget the first one. Probably the Learning Channel. Was the, the one. Learning Channel. Jeez. Uh, what is you? You're against midgets. And I would say that they're actually dwarfs, Derek. I am not af- against dwarfs. midgets. I'm afraid of them. Dwarfs. Not dwarfs. midgets. Little people. Little people. That's right. Um, that's about it for the news. Because I did have. Um, we were talking earlier. We were going to talk a little about our. Um, interview with jeff king <laughs> and uh we were gonna do a rendition a I dramatic did. we were gonna do a dramatic reading of it but i'd rather people just go to the site we did have a little interview with jeff king the writer of the convergence, convergence. and the main convergence numbered titles and it was pretty good uh it's one of my favorite type of interviews i emailed him some questions and he returned them that's <laughs> That's really a change up, you know, what we yes. usually get. I don't like talking to people. That's why with this thing with uh, the TV, I'm a little nervous because I do not like talking to people. And in fact, he Are kept... Are you going to get sloppy? He kept asking for um, the... Um, 
he kept asking for the telephone credit card number. number. No, the telephone <laughs> number. And I, I keep not telling him because I don't really want to talk to him. But that's it for the news. And, oh, if, yeah, go to the site and look at the Jeff King interview. Uh, again, the site's uh, Weird Science DC Comics blog at blogspot.com. Dot blogspot.com. No, you, you said at last. I'm on the go. Oh, jeez. Nobody's ever going to find our site. This is why DC doesn't respect us. We're not a respected blog. We're a blog. That's why. That's all we are, a blog, a stinking blog. When are we going to be a website? When we feel like we should pay for a website? Never. <laughs> that is the real answer. Never. We're blogging, and we're proud of it. What do you think Boosh. of that? Punk rock, baby. You know Punk what else rock. I'm proud of? What's that? Dan's Geek News. Oh, shit. Is that up already? Yep. Dan's Geek News is right. We're, we're plowing through this one. This is going to be quick. Uh, all those people who no, want a podcast <laughs> under two and a half hours, you might get it. No. Uh, Dan's Geek News is coming up. He is back from uh, where the hell did he go? Cabo Wabo? Cancun. Cancun. He's back. Cancun. He's back from Cancun. And he had talked to me today. He sent the news early. I asked him what he would be talking about in the news. And he's probably going to mention... Uh, maybe one or two things that we mentioned already, but not much. He has some other news he's going with. Also, and apparently he was not killed by ISIS. He was not killed by ISIS. He's he's safe and sound at home. And you know what he said he's going to do? This is, a, this is a surprise. He's going to do some reviews. Holy shit. He's going to catch up. He's got like 70 books to catch up with. Really? He's, he's going to, I don't know. <laughs> he, he's going to, we're going to sit down with him. We're going to get him all set. I'm gonna give him some direction now. Actually, he said no, that no, it's funny not. because he was talking to me. He's like, "I got a couple kitchens," and so I'm thinking, "Why the hell is he telling me about his house?" And he actually <laughs> meant the, the Vertigo title. I forgot all about. Yeah, he's like, "Oh, like I got a couple kitchens." Now. What is he bragging now? The guy, guy gets in a car accident, goes to Cancun. Now he's got three kitchens. <laughs> uh, who has three kitchens? What is he? Rock, Rockefeller. Shaq probably has like 15 kitchens. But yeah, uh, you want to go to Dan's Geek News? Let's get to the Geek News. All man. right. Hello, Weird Science. Dan here, coming at you with all of your latest geek news for the week. Now, this week was a really fun week for news, uh, because we had April Fool's Day. So, I pretty much spent the entire week trying to figure out what news stories were actually news stories, and what news stories were April Fool's Day pranks. Sometimes it was a little bit easier than others, uh, but I'm pretty confident that I've managed to narrow this down to just legitimate news stories. Hopefully none of these uh, retroactively get revealed as April Fool's Day jokes. Because uh, I don't like when the news takes part in April Fool's Day because then, you know, people get tricked and it's not fun uh, because you rush down to a local beach because somebody told you that The Walking Dead was filming there last year. But let's not get into that. <laughs> anyway, uh, the first news story that I have for you guys today actually does... Uh, incorporate April Fool's. Uh, more or less, Ryan Reynolds appeared in an interview on Entertainment Tonight, and the person who was doing the interview took the opportunity to announce that the new Deadpool movie was rated PG-13, and that it was a smart decision for the studio to go with a family-friendly film. And, you know, he just kept saying, well, not family-friendly, but, you know, friendly. And you could see Deadpool walk past him in the background. Uh, and then Deadpool proceeds to pick up a box, knock the guy off the seat, and announce that the film is going to be rated R. So, first of all, we won. Those of us who wanted to see 
uh, the new Deadpool movie get an R rating or an NC-17 rating. We got the R, which is good. Uh, we got a chance to actually see Ryan Reynolds moving in the Deadpool costume. It looked beautiful. Uh, I'm really excited for this film. This is going to come out in February 2016. Uh, if you haven't seen this video, I definitely suggest checking it out. It's definitely funny, and it's really in the spirit of Deadpool. Nintendo's turn to fans in its continuing search for new characters to add to the Super Smash Bros. roster as downloadable content. In addition to announcing Lucas from Earthbound, uh, announcing a plethora of purchasable costumes, which are actually reasonably priced. It's 75 cents per costume. Uh, if you buy it for both systems, I think it comes out to like $1.50 or something like that. I forgot to look at the exact price list. And then they're going to have packs available. You'll be able to buy it for $6.99 per console. Uh, don't quote me on that. And then I believe it was $10 to get all the costumes for both consoles. Uh, regardless... Uh, you know, it's plus minus a dollar on the actual prices, but that was something that I was personally excited to see because Nintendo made their downloadable content affordable. So they announced Lucas from Earthbound, they announced the costumes, they released a trailer for Mewtwo, which is a Club Nintendo exclusive. You had to purchase, uh, I think it was purchase both copies of the game and register them to your Club Nintendo account, and then you'd be added to the list to get the download code for Mewtwo when that comes out. Uh, I'm really excited to get my Mewtwo code. That comes out later this month, I believe. Uh, but one of the uh, basically, they've turned to the fans now to ask who you want to see in the game. So they have set up a ballot, which can be located at cp.nintendo.co.jp/us, uh, where you can suggest who you'd like to see. And there's a history with Super Smash Brothers where additional characters are often characters who have some sort of a history of Nintendo, even if they're not a Nintendo property in and of themselves. Example, Solid Snake from the Metal Gear series was featured in a Super Smash Bros. game. And he's not a Nintendo property, but his first game, Metal Gear Solid, or Metal Gear, I forget which one. I forget the exact name of it, I just know the series Metal Gear Solid. But his first game was actually on the Nintendo Entertainment System. So a lot of fans were saying, we want to see Banjo-Kazooie in the new game as downloadable content. And that's not something that is necessarily feasible, even though uh, the first two games that they were in were on the Nintendo 64, and then they were in some Game Boy Advance titles. Uh, Microsoft has the rights to the characters now, and they've actually re-released on the Xbox Live Arcade both Banjo-Kazooie and Banjo-Tooie. And they've also done a third game for the series, Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts, which was an exclusive to the Xbox 360. Well, fans, being who they are, decided to ask Xbox head Philip Spencer on Twitter if it would be possible to see uh, some sort of a collaboration with the, this character in the series. And his answer was actually kind of surprising. He said, quote, I think it would be cool if Banjo was in the next Super Smash Bros. downloadable content. We've worked with Nintendo on Rare IP before, no issues, end quote. So... This is actually a possibility. I'd be really excited if they announced a downloadable content pack that had, you know, Banjo-Kazooie from the Banjo-Kazooie series. Uh, I'd personally like to see Shovel Knight from the Shovel Knight series get in. Uh, I can't really think of anybody else off the top of my head, but I am still deciding who I want to put my vote in for. 
considering that this is a great opportunity. I mean, if you look at the roster, the roster is already very diverse, and this is a chance to make the roster even more diverse. Uh, If you want to cast your vote again, you can do that at cp.nintendo.co.jp slash us. Netflix, The King of Revivals, is getting a new sketch comedy series that's not really a revival, but kind of is. David Cross, the bald actor with glasses who appears everywhere, who's been in movies, he's been in Small Soldiers, he's been in Eternal Sunshine, The Spotless Mind, uh, he was on Arrested Development, he, you know, he, he's just everywhere. He was in the, uh, the Alvin and the Chipmunks movies. And Bob Odenkirk, who is best known to people as Saul Goodman from Breaking Bad and Jimmy McGill on Better Call Saul, uh, used to do a comedy show called Mr. Show with Bob and David. Now, Mr. Show with Bob and David, it has been confirmed by Bob Odenkirk, is not making a return. However, Netflix has picked up the streaming rights for four half-hour episodes and a making-of documentary for a new show entitled With Bob and David. The official release date hasn't been set yet, but considering that we're right around the time where the show is being filmed, speculation is saying that it could premiere as early as the fall. And in a continuing trend of... 90s revivals that have been circulating lately. X-Files is coming back. Twin Peaks is coming back. Uh, Bob and David are getting back together to do comedy. Uh, And then Coach has its revival coming, which is really more of an 80s thing, I guess. Anyway, uh, rumors circulating now that Netflix is close to picking up a 13-episode revival of Full House, starring Candace Cameron Brew as DJ Tanner and Andrea Barber as her best friend Kimmy Gibbler. Uh, This isn't just wishful thinking, though. Reports of this revival have been floating around for at least a year. Uh, Previously, John Stamos' name was attached to the project, though. I didn't hear uh, Candace Cameron's name or Andrea Barber's name, but apparently they're attached to this project now. All the project needed at the time was a network, and now Netflix is potentially picking this one up. I can't wait for this one to get confirmed. I'm really hoping this one isn't a trick. And I'm also hoping that if they do pick up the rights fat, that means we'll also get the backlog of seasons for the show. Because I would love to just go through and binge watch that entire series again. I don't care what the nostalgia critics said about it. That show was awesome. And finally, Stephen Amell, star of the CW's hit TV series Arrow, has been confirmed to play Casey Jones in the upcoming Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the follow-up to the Michael Bay-produced Ninja Turtles film. I saw Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I bought the movie on Blu-ray. I don't think that movie needed a sequel. Uh, I think Michael Bay did enough damage to the Turtles, but with Stephen Amell in the cast, it is possible that this film could be saved. There's rumors circulating right now that Megan Fox may not be coming back on this film. Uh, There's still speculation. She hasn't been confirmed one way or the other. Uh, But I personally don't feel that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles needed a sequel. Um, I feel the damage has already been done, but if that's the way they want to play this and they want to put Stephen Amell in it, I will check it out. Uh, As always, you guys can find my blog, 1138geekconfessions.wordpress.com. And of course, you can see uh, my reviews of digital content and Vertigo content here on the site. Uh, Lately, that content, I haven't really been pushing that out nearly as much. That is something I'm hoping to fix very soon. I apologize for those of you who have been looking for my reviews and you can't find them. Uh, They will be coming back soon, I promise. Uh, Until next time, this is Dan, signing off.
Code monkey get up get coffee Code monkey go to job Code monkey have boring meeting With boring manager Rob Rob say code monkey very diligent But his output stink His code not functional or elegant What do code monkey think? Code monkey think maybe manager wanna write goddamn login Really, Eric? Fuller House. What the hell were they thinking? Fuller fucking house. <laughs> Fuller House. It's That's called. the worst goddamn name I've ever heard. Oh, goodness gracious. Uh, you love Full House, though, right? I loved it as a kid. I went back to try to rewatch some like a couple months ago. Yeah? Cannot get through. <laughs> you know what the best is? Now, we're, we're obviously, we're assuming that Dan went fully into this whole thing because um, who's your least favorite character? On Uncle Full House? Joey. No, Uncle Joey. Cut that out. Who is your I hope, least favorite? I wish Netflix would cut it out. Who is the character where you go, oh no, it's a blank episode? Jimmy Gibbler? No, it's DJ. <laughs> DJ's awful. Nobody cares about DJ Candace Cameron hot. Bure. I thought she was hot as hell when I was a kid, man. you're blind. All right. Uh, all I Wait. know is uh, Lori hey, Laughlin. Lori Laughlin is not tagged oh. as being in this, and she was where it was at. She not, was where not it was at. Candace right. Cameron Bure. I was young like she was. All right, it was more of an age, like you know, right. You there. know why this is going to star Candace Cameron Bure as DJ and and Andrea Barber as her BFF Kimmy? As because they're not say. doing anything else. Uh, that also because have you seen either one of them? No. They look exactly the same. Do they? they really do. They in, my, in my mind, DJ just blew the hell up. No, no. Actually, I would say she looks better now, and really? uh, so does Kimmy. Yeah, um, what's her name? Hey, what's Jody Sweeten look like? Uh, yes, yeah, Stephanie <laughs> is not doing well. Uh, yeah. Right now, she may be laying somewhere allegedly doing some illegal yeah, substances. Yeah, watch, watch, watch your stuff. I said allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> I think Uncle Joey told her to cut it out. She didn't do it. And also, what's weird is... Nothing about the Olsen twins being in this. I, I can't see why they wouldn't do it. Because they're billionaires? <laughs> yeah. They're like um, Gabe <laughs> Kaplan from uh, Welcome Back, Cotter. That guy, that they at one point, I'm sure they were trying to get a reunion show going, and that guy was such a millionaire from uh, a lot of investments he did that he just told them to go F themselves. And how can you have Welcome Back, Cotter without Cotter? I don't know, friggin' how they're gonna have yeah. Fuller House. It's like Fuller House, like a different take, because it's DJ gonna be the like the main character. And the, no way in my mind is she still friends with Kimmy Gibbler. She, Kimmy Gibbler. What do you think best friends forever mean? That means forever. <laughs> and I'm guessing I that, was a guy. I never did that. I don't I'm know. I'm guessing that they are now uh, lesbian lovers, and they have adopted six kids. That hence the Fuller House. I'm saying though, uh, isn't Aladdin her husband in this? Aladdin. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, he was, wasn't he? <laughs> uh, I don't think it actually says uh, husband. But they went to Disney World, the most magical place. They did. Though. I'm sure I, it'd be great if Oh, I'm was. sorry. We're on the East Coast. They went to Disneyland because they're yeah. San, uh, San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, actually, I think that it would probably, I would guess that, I don't know. Do you think it's two families that move in together? Maybe Kimmy's husband beat her. And oh my he, gosh. he left her, and in the meantime, DJ's husband, uh, Aladdin, he died in an industrial accident where he got run over Fine by a... No, it was a concrete truck, ran him over. He, he won a freaking special, like, uh, like a, a prize where he got to fly with Harrison Ford. 
Yeah, there's a prize for you. Yeah, when they announced that Harrison Ford was by himself, it's because Aladdin jumped out halfway through the the tailspin. <laughs> he just jumped out, and then they just they landed on the golf course. Harrison Ford saved all those lives, but yet he killed DJ's husband. It's over. Sorry, but yeah, I think that's gonna be it. Uh, and I guess they said that John Stamos, Bob Saget, and out of nowhere, Dave Coulier has some free time that he could actually <laughs> guest star. I don't know how he got th- through that now, busy schedule. You said there was 13 episodes that they ordered? It says uh, they're near ordering 13 episodes. All right. I want to know, how, do you think this is going to be a jam-packed series of catchphrases? Oh, it will there, be. Like, have mercy. Watch the hair. <laughs> cut, cut that out. out. Yeah. And uh, I hope that there is a ratio of a one Popeye impersonation every oh, three episodes. You think he's actually going to like update it a little bit? No. For the times? It's you think it's still cool, going to be yeah. Popeye? And all of a sudden, that freaking woodchuck's going to come out of nowhere? <laughs> the woodchuck will be there. He'll start doing... I'm, I'm assuming that both of the, the girls will have kids, and he'll start doing Popeye, and they will have no idea what he's doing, and then Ooh. they'll kick him in the balls, and that'll be think, the joke. You think Uncle Jesse's twins are going to be there? They might. Actually, get the like, uh, the doing? Sprouse brothers. They they could join them. They're a little old, but actually, they'd be the about that brothers. age. Uh, the kids that were in the Sweet Life with Zed and Cody, which I shouldn't know because I'm an old man. <laughs> yeah. All right, hit the dump sh- button, boys. Shit's gotten weird. All of a sudden, it's... I have to report to all my neighbors. Hey, Jim, what you're just talking about? Some weird out loud shit right there. Yeah, that is weird out loud. You know what else we're <laughs> going to talk about? What's that? <laughs> Enough of this nonsense. We're going to talk books. Who you started, Daniel? Yeah, Dan with his news always gets us going, doesn't he? Well, we're going to do books. And like the robot says at the beginning, we're going to spoil things. I love that robot. I know. We never named the robot. What do you think his name is? Don't say XL or I'll kill you. Oh, it's 2XL? How about, you know, he's upgraded. 3XL. (laughs) Is that my freaking shirt size? (laughs) 3XL. Yes, it is. Your shirts, pants, uh, ever since Uh. that McDonald's box, it's everything on you except where it counts, baby. Ooh. Yeah, we're also. You know what Stop else we're going to Jess. You know what else we're probably going to do? We're probably going to get a lot of stuff wrong. I think that we need the robot to say that. In the beginning of the podcast, now it'll say if you don't like things getting spoiled and being told false information, uh, then bail right now. So <laughs> don't it's, tell them to bail. Come so on. So it's three X. It's three XL, huh? I, I love two XL. If, if anybody, if anybody doesn't know what two XL is, go and look it up because it's one of the best toys ever. And, and you know what's even better? That, not the shitty one you had. Like you no, saw, mine the was one the one I had. Did yours still have the eight tracks? No, man, it was cassette yeah. player. Yeah, see, mine was better because it had eight tracks that you used. <laughs> oh, so good. Uh, Reggie knows what I'm talking about. My man knows eight tracks. Eight tracks were the worst. Uh, do you ever do you have you ever listened to an eight track? No, I'm saying my first stereo had an eight track. Boy, I had a turntable up top, a cassette player, AM, FM, and an eight track. But I never had any eight tracks. Yeah, yeah. My dad had a bunch. I actually had a bunch of Beatles eight tracks. But my dad, I remember he had this Blood, Sweat, and Tears eight track, <laughs> and I, it scared just the name of them scared me. So I, I never played it. It just sat there. I think it might even have been a greatest hits. With I'm like, telling you, one of these. I think podcasts. Spinning Wheel was on that. One of these podcasts, we just got to say, fuck the comics, and we got to talk about everything you were afraid of as a it, child. That would be like a seven-podcast uh, freaking series. Oh, my God. Because I was God. afraid of everything. Anything you can mention, I was afraid of. 
He tells me these stories all the time, and every time it's something new, but it's hilarious. Oh, well, I, I used to think any sort of music would, would possess me. And I Black Sabbath? A, oh, my. That's, that's a given. I'm talking like <laughs> uh, you named somebody like Casey and the Sunshine Band, and somehow I thought they were going to possess me. And well, I was scared. Well, your, buddy, your buddy on the street, his dad was a big fan of what? Oh, the, the one. Well, he was a. He looked like Gene Simmons. Oh, that's from right. From Kiss. That's what and I was thinking. He of. scared the crap out of me, that guy. He looked like a vampire. He looked actually like a combination of Phil Spector and Gene Simmons. And he wore this long leather trench coat, and I swore he was Dust. a vampire. I, I thought he was a vampire, and he obviously was into horror movies and things like that, which made it even worse because my buddy Chad, uh, they were divorced, and his dad obviously was trying to buy his love because yeah. he would get him everything. I remember he got the Mr. Mondo doll, the Man of a Thousand Faces, or whatever yeah. the hell that thing was. That scared me. He got um, <laughs> the uh, shrunken head kit that the commercial was with Vincent Price, where yeah, you got apples. Yeah, you got apples and made shrunken heads. Scared the crap out of me. Uh, I would go into his house, and the kid, we were only, I think, third grade was when I moved from there. So this was probably second or third grade, and yet the kid had a room full of blacklight posters and uh, freaking lava lamps. And that scared the crap out of me. Um, was this we, the dad that fucked everybody on the street, or was no, that later? No, that was later. That, and, right. I, and when you say everyone, you mean everyone. That guy. That hide was your a, kids. Oh hide your my wife. god! Hide your kids. Hide your wife. Hide your husband. Hide yeah. your sons, daughters, everything. That guy was crazy. I, I don't even want to talk about him anymore. But uh, <laughs> I do. Yeah, he, that guy had a. Um, he had a cornfield behind our house when we moved in, and it was all it was was to hide him growing pot. That's all it was. I thought the guy was like a farmer. Thought he had it all going on. He was growing pot. Poor, naive, scared yeah, oh, Again, because I didn't know what was going on. Uh, yeah, crazy stuff. One of the craziest things at that house was when we moved in, a little bit after, my brother went out in the backyard. And what it was is they were building all these houses, so there was this big construction site thing. Somehow my brother found this really large uh, rubber penis. And started running down the... A dildo. Yeah, but this was even weirder. It seemed more like a, just a rubber penis than an actual dildo. And he, he ran you know, around. You know what a dildo is. <laughs> yeah, but this thing was like really flappy. And, and he ran around almost like he was riding a horse with this thing. Like <laughs> slapping. Oh, it was the worst. And everybody started screaming. I don't know where he got this thing. But somehow then it got around that it was my mom's. <laughs> it was like the worst thing I had ever seen in my life. I ended up, I think I ended up getting like three fist fights that day with you kids. You never told and, me this story. Oh, no, I just remembered it because you mentioned that backyard. Oh, it was the worst. I'm telling you. Just imagine him running oh, around God. like he's riding a goddamn horse. Everybody oh, laughing, best. thinking my mom's a whore. Oh, my God, that's, that's so good. My poor mother. Probably oh, was yeah. hers. She probably, My brother probably found it in the room, but he said he found it outside. I don't know who would have a sort of thing and leave it outside in a construction site. unless some. Again, maybe there was a bachelor party. One of the guys got it and then brought it in work. I had no I'm idea. Saying, I, that's bad, but I'm telling you, when I moved to the Ponson Village, we lived there for like six months, yeah. and the kids in this freaking area... Terrible. This one kid, Jerry, who was my next door neighbor, he was a bad kid, right? Yeah. He got, I'm saying, he's where I started smoking like pot and like uh, nice. cigarettes. I was 11 years old. Great. But this motherfucker used to go into his parents' room while they weren't home, grab his mother's dildo, and then chase people yeah. with it. Well, that's kind of what my brother was doing, but it was like he was riding a horse. And in <laughs> fact, when I think of it, I, 
in my mind, he had like a cowboy hat on and spurs. But I, he did. I'm he, saying, in my mind, he was the Twinkie, Twinkie well, the Kid. The best thing is also he was probably about four, running around with this rubber penis. Oh, that's the best. Yeah, oh, in God. fact, uh, a couple of my friends that uh, I don't talk to anymore uh, would bring that up now and again. I'd get angry. But yeah, <laughs> you know what else? I was afraid of rubber penises <laughs> and construction penis. sites. Yeah, I had a weird childhood. I really, uh, what happens is uh, people out there, uh, younger people who don't have kids yet or just having, uh, it's not that you have to explain what's right or wrong. Just explain every, anything because kids make up things in their mind and it usually is bad. I, yeah. I went through stages where I was eight thinking I had AIDS. I had never had any sexual. <laughs> I thought I had AIDS. Then I thought, at one point, I thought I had a venereal disease. And I went to the doctors and asked them why I had, why I had uh, a sore on my penis. And he, he told me to lay off it. And this is, again, I was probably like 10. And I was so afraid that he was going to talk to my mom about it. I, that was the worst. But, yeah, just talk to your kids and let them know things. I see now my youngest son thinks that everything is going to kill him. And I'll admit, sometimes I play it up and try to get. Oh, you are the worst. <laughs> hey, I have to deal with it. I'm I'm trying to make other people better people. I can't do it myself. I'm saying my father, like we left the mall. He told me to like look at something. When I did, he ran away, got in the car, and drove away. Uh, that's good. And he thought it was the funniest goddamn thing. And he came back like ten minutes later, I was laughing say, his he, ass off. He came back six months later, <laughs> and you wonder what happened. What happened, Dad? I'm a mall person now, Dad. Yeah, yeah, you live it. I'm living here at the Super Pretzel. Hey, <laughs> yeah, You know what time this is? It's time for books, Harry. Oh, I know. I'm telling uh, you, podcast wasn't going to be that long, so we had to fill it up a bit. Yeah, that's true. You know what? Um, we're going to start with the most important book that DC has put out in at least two weeks. <laughs> Actually, uh, the way they're pushing it, this is the be all end all of books, and I would say. In the last five years. Yeah, I would say that this goes back to those original uh, titles of uh, the New 52 because this is supposedly going to set up the landscape of all the things to come. What are we talking about, Eric? We're talking about Convergence Number 0, written no. by Dan Jurgens and Jeff King, with art by Ethan Van Skyver and Marcelo Mayalo. Yes. Yes. This was an awesome book. No. I don't care. What, there's a lot of haters out there that are going to say that this is bullshit. I had so much fun fucking reading this book because not only did it set the stage for Convergence, it brought us back to Superman Doomed. We finally got to know what happened to Clark Kent when he went through the goddamn black hole. Yeah, you know what I thought of this? What? You gonna get mad at me? I loved it. I was gonna say, what the See, fuck, I man? I set you up. No, I loved it. I thought it was great. It I was really a lot did. of fun. And I'm telling you, I love, like, in this one we have a sentient planet that's like the the home of all the fucking god brainiac stuff mm -hmm. like all his domes and shits is where he keeps his things on the sentient planet and the planet's kind of like its slave and now it's taking on all the forms throughout dc's history of brainiac mm -hmm. and i loved seeing all these different goddamn iterations oh yeah it was great it was so good to see them uh one thing i just want to start with though because you did mention that it's when superman disappeared after doomed yeah he is outside of time and space correct yes how does his beard grow outside of time and space? Slowly. Yeah, I, that, <laughs> I, I am probably one of the biggest fans of the super beard. Yeah. I found it a little odd. I, I know what they're getting I, at and I how they're the doing it. But, I'm saying the, the continuity Well, that's is what I'm saying. I know what they're getting at, but, man, 
uh, I don't know why out of time and space his beard would grow, but it does. Uh, also, I'm looking at it now. Remember the panel where they're showing all the deaths of Superman? Yeah. Did you notice how hairy his chest was in oh, that yeah, main how, one? That's how it was in the 90s, man. <laughs> it bothered me. Really? Yes. Oh, God, I don't like that hairy chest. Uh, well, go on. No, no, actually, look at that, because I, I didn't remember looking at Um, Does he have the mullet? Um, I'm looking now. You know what? It doesn't look like he does. That's some bullshit. Um, I'm looking at it. I don't see the mullet in any of the iteration. Now, he is laying there on rubble like he yeah. was. Um, so you don't see the very back, but yeah, I, it doesn't look like a mullet. But man, that, that's a hairy chest he's got going on there. I, I don't know. I love, what was? Do you have a favorite iteration of uh, Brainiac here? Oh, what's that? Do you have a favorite version of Brainiac that was in here? Um... Yeah, we talked about it. It's the same as I'm trying to think of which one it was. It was the um, because well, you you have the original one who has the pink shirt. Yeah, you yeah, got yeah. The, you got I'm the trying robot. to find the panel with all of them in here. Then you got the robot. You got the Superman the animated series. You got the Jeff Johns one with the uh, real Drox. You know what? Actually, I'm I'm going out uh, pink shirt. The original pink yeah, shirt. Yeah, I like the pink shirt. That's the same. I love that one because it reminds me of watching the Super Friends as yeah, a kid. Yeah, yeah, that's the same and, here. That's the one that I like. And the other one is the freaking animated series one because that's not only is that the one I have as an Imaginex, which I think is so cool. Yeah. I love the representation they did of that here in this uh, work by freaking Ethan Van Skyver. The pink shirt one certainly has a big package as well. <laughs> uh, but you know what? Speedos and a uh, pink yes, polo shirt. Yes, I'll tell you. Um, the weird thing about um, Brainiac in that iteration of how you say in the Super Friends and stuff like that, am I an idiot that I used to think that that was just a green Lex Luthor? No, because honestly, that's what I used to think when I was a kid. He looks exactly like yeah, that. Yeah, and uh, I actually love that version. And uh, when I saw him, I was kind of <laughs> laughing. I don't like the robot version of it. Oh, I've never liked the robot. Yeah. When they, because when after Crisis they revamped everything, like Lex mm -hmm. Luthor and Brainiac, and yeah. he went from this original pink shirt to this robot thing. Yeah. And I always hated the goddamn skull robot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I don't like that one. But, yeah, I, I love just seeing all the different ones, even the robot one. It's just cool seeing all those. Um, what did you think about the actual issue? I, I thought the whole thing was really fun. It sets up Convergence really well, and we find out that the events of Future's End are actually the things that led to this. Not only mm -hmm. Superman doomed, it's because the Brainiac God left to go collect Superman's world, like uh, city. Yeah. And that was five years from now. And he didn't collect Metropolis because Superman and the Atom Pokemoned him, and he never came back. Yeah, and this yeah, freaking sentient planet back. started getting all crazy and was going to, like, I'm going to keep up my master's work, but I'm going to figure out which one of these domes is the best. So yeah. now we have Convergence all set up. He In my mind, he combines all the versions of Brainiac that he's been throughout this issue mm -hmm. and makes his own, like, uh, body and that's uh, – do you pronounce it Telos or Telos? I say it Telos, but it... I'm, thinking, I'm going around Telos. I okay, think. I well, know. that's one. So one of us is right, <laughs> unless it's so off uh, kilter that we're both wrong. But I think that yes, we usually are. Yeah, yeah, we are. Um, the other thing that I thought was um, it kind of stressed that it's not just Doom cities, but Doom timelines as well. Yeah. And I think that makes more sense in the whole scheme of things how we're talking about it because at the end of the book, after the book. It actually uh, gives you a little guide to the cities of Convergence, and, and there's some that I would never have guessed, including New 52 cities. 
Right. Which I never thought that they'd be in, but it's almost like there there's a weird You should have. You keep telling me how the Well, that's what over. I'm saying, but that that pulls into almost like a weird meta thing where it's almost like Brainiac is like a DC editor who's just decided that these <laughs> timelines are are done, including the new 52. Um, but again, I'm looking at them now. There are some odd choices of cities, including a Caps Hobby Shop World. Yeah, That's a lot of those I looked through. These are some old ass oh stuff that gosh. I never read. Um, El Inferno, uh, Earth C minus. That's the um, the Captain Zoop, Carrot. yeah, the Zoo yeah. Crew, which I love. Uh, but then you got, you know, Batman Beyond, you got that, uh, we knew about that. Did I buy you the first issue of that? Of what? Captain Carrot and the Zoo Crew? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> uh, also, another thing that, that shocked me is that the Just Imagine universe has uh, Gotham City in there. That's the weirdest part. It's the fucked up thing is that I I have to go back and read all the tangent stuff because mm-hmm. I never read the tangent stuff when I like when it came out. But for some reason, I had to have the Stan Lee's Just Imagine shit. Yeah, and they were yeah. terrible. Yeah. Uh, again, there's some weird, weird choices in here. Again, another thing that is in it that is actually a weird shout out at the end of the uh, issue is uh, Injustice. Yeah. And I put my notes. It was kind of a low blow to me. Because Why? they call one as a failed experiment an injustice. <laughs> and if that's what they mean, what are they getting at there? That's a pretty popular book for a digital honestly, title. Honestly, do you know what I think the freaking failed experiment would be? What's that? The New 52. Yeah, well, that's what I, I thought that they they would be saying. But they're, that's fucked up. They're not going to say that. But I'm saying one is a failed experiment, an injustice. And injustice is in all capitals, and I'm assuming it means injustice yeah it has uh, to be the injustice universe uh, that's so weird it's like hey uh thanks a lot tom taylor but that was a failed experiment now hey Bucciolato, you're doing it now screw you you're a bunch of bull crap no i what? thought that was weird uh but at the end when you see uh telos or telos uh, did i say i said telos yes let's go telos you exactly. see telos he's bringing down what appears to be one of the gotham cities because there's a bat signal bat going signal, on. Yeah. uh and man i'm telling you at the end of this issue i'm pumped I'm ready. Oh, so am I. Yeah. I can't wait fucking to get in the convergence. Yeah, uh, what's odd is I can't say that I'm really pumped uh, fully for individual titles. I want convergence number one. Oh, yeah, I'm saying the convergence main title is what I want to yeah, see. Yeah, that's what I want Side stuff I could, do, I could do or do not, you know what I'm yeah. saying? There is no try. Uh, yeah, yeah, do or do. <laughs> uh, the thing about it is uh, going into it, it seems, and even when I talked to Jeff King on in that um, interview, it seems as if, yes, read the main Convergence titles, the numbered ones, and then pick and choose which you know stories you want. If you're a fan of uh, Stephanie Brown, go grab that Batgirl. If you're a fan What's... of Captain Carrot and Harley Quinn, which seems to be – the one they he even pushed it. Why is everybody pushing this Harley Did Quinn? Did you push it? Yeah. Jeff King pushed it's, it. It's everybody keeps pushing this, this Harley Quinn Captain Carrot. Huh. I think it's gonna be zany and off the wall. Not man. Zany and off the wall, but what man? They're really pushing it more than just a zany off the wall uh, thing. But yeah. and honestly, if you haven't thought about this already, which I'm sure most of you have, um, treat these individual issues—not the main story, but like the individual ones—like you would with Villains Month the other year, where Forever Evil was the main storyline, and these like other ones were just thrown in with Villains yeah. Month, like Bane, Rachel Gould, General Zod, all it's, those. Again, it was also like the, it's like the Future's End event too, exactly. which I put event with that one in quotation marks. I wish we had a podcast thing because man, I was furious. <laughs> but the the only thing is, they're really 
obviously DC's counting on everyone wanting to buy every title. And, you know, they're they're making it so easy by making them all three ninety nine. dollars Oh, you asshole. It's ridiculous. But that's how it is. But we're gonna. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're gonna get them all. I know me and you will be reviewing every single one. Yes, we will. Every single one. We just gotta figure out which ones we're I was we're gonna doing. say, because there's some where I was doing some previews, and I'm not sure who's doing it. Which I'll, yeah. I'll ask you right now. Who's doing Batgirl? I thought the same thing when I saw you put the preview yeah, up. Yeah, because I thought I was, since I'm going to take over Batgirl in June, but that has nothing to do with this. No? So I just put it up thinking I was doing it, but we'll have to see. We'll go week by week. Well, it's like the Aquaman. I thought you were doing Aquaman, but no. since I have it in June. Yeah, I figured you were. Yeah, see? I have no idea. Confusion. Confusion from us. <laughs> All right. You know what we're going to go next? I gave next? that one. Oh, wow. Well, I gave I'm that sorry. an 8 out of 10. No, yeah. I'm sorry. We uh, got eight, into this whole 8 bit, out of but... 10? Yeah. I probably would have given it an 8, 5, and 9. All right. Uh, which leads me to something I was thinking this week. Everybody who seems to comment to us always has to mention how miserable I am, but they never point out that I'm always higher on reviews than you. I'm you're, not you're that miserable. Ass. I'm not. I'm, I am not want? a miserable man. Well, I am not. a miserable man, but when <laughs> it comes down to comics, I actually, you know, go into it with a happy heart. That's what I do. A happy heart. I, I think about Future's End. Did you go into that with a happy heart? Future's End? You mean Future's End number 48? Oh, no, the, oh. Event. the event? No, no. That I, and a good I told segue. you. God I, damn it. Yeah, I know. I, I thought you actually were learning something on this podcast, <laughs> but instead you ruined it. No, the, the Future's End event, I told you, I went into it with an idea. Again, you want me to show you a segue or a tie in? I went yeah. into the Future's Event. Oh, Jesus. The Future's End event. To me, DC was a lot like my parents. They didn't tell me shit of what I was supposed to expect, so I made up an idea in my mind of what I was going to get, and when it wasn't that, I hated it. And it took me a couple weeks before I got my head around that the Futures End event meant nothing, and each issue was what it was itself. It didn't tie into anything. It didn't do what it was supposed to do in my mind. So then I started reviewing them for just... The, the book in front of me and not as an event book and then I kind of liked it a little more but at the beginning of that Futures End event if anybody cares to even remember back then uh, I was very disappointed I thought that that was an event that was not well coordinated I thought it was just a bunch of hooey all I got from that rant was that you hate your parents I do I, <laughs> I hate them both I hate all four of them well, your mother was a whore, wasn't yeah, she? she was. We're still Damn. trying to figure out. I, I've tried to get her on Maury over and over again. She will not go <laughs> on. Uh, I told her we'd just get a free trip out of it. They might pay us some money. She will not do it. She uh, she doesn't want to do Who's the Daddy. Uh, Let's move on. Wait, actually, Zen. one more uh, thing about that Future's End event, just to throw it in. <laughs> remember afterwards I was going to write a, a, a oh, thing remember. about it. So I actually got a hold of a couple creators and a couple writers and asked, hey, what yep. did they tell you what this event was and what the preparation was? And basically everyone got back to me and said, eh, they just told us to write fun little stories that we wanted to do. Where the characters were in five years. Yeah, no, no coordination, nothing. So No, that's why every Batman title had a different future for oh, Batman. That was ridiculous. Speaking of Futures End, Eric. All right. What future, book are we doing next? Number 40, number, future's End number 48. Number 48. Is that the yeah. penultimate issue? No, it is the final issue, the sir. Final issue. That they like to call a finale. Yes. This is written by Brian Azrello, Jeff Lemire, Dan Jurgens, Keith Giffen, with art by Alan Goldman, Freddie Williams II, Andy McDonald, Stephen Thompson, Scott Hanna, and High Fi. High Fi? Yeah, High Fi is on this. High Fi. I like High Fi. 
This is like the most amount of artists I've seen on this book. Yeah, uh, maybe they should have all gotten together and drew an issue that kind of went together because I didn't like the art at all. No, I, did, I, did, I saw mostly in my mind, this is what reminded me of Andy McDonald's art, which mm -hmm. I have not liked, which he's been doing the majority of these final bunch of issues. Mm -hmm. And I have not dug what he's been giving us. But there's no goddamn ending to this fucking event. Nope, not at all. In fact, I mean, there's one thing to say like, hey, I didn't like the ending. Uh, you know what you'd have to have to say that? A freaking ending. All it does, this is all the future's end. This whole freaking 48 issues was a prologue to the Batman Beyond series in June. Yep. And that's all it was. Oh, and I'm guessing this does set up Earth to Society and Convergence, but mostly it's Batman Beyond. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and again, I'm, I'm paging through it, and the, the art was just not good. No, There's no. one point where Mr. Terrific is the most ridiculous-looking Mr. Terrific I've ever seen. <laughs> and then I don't know who did the art there. It is so non-detailed. It, it's just a bunch of uh, garbage. For a final issue to be this bad, all in all, uh, oh, the art, the story, I mean, like you said, people have called it out on our site. You called it out. Other people and, and other reviews, this was just a 48-issue prologue to Batman Beyond. And yeah. again, if you're going to do all this just so that you can say, okay, uh, Tim is Batman Beyond, you just it's a, bunch of, it's a bunch of crap. You know what else I got out of this issue? What's that, baby? Tim likes kissing old ladies. That's what I have in my notes right Tim Drake is in the old chips. Yeah, he's in the old chips. Because Tim Drake comes back in the future, and he's saved by a bunch of freedom fighters from Brother Eye, because this is the actual same future we saw in issue zero 35 years yeah, from now. Yep. And when he's br brought to an like, underground subway kind of headquarters, the, one of the freedom fighters takes off her mask, and you find out that it's Madison, yeah. 30 years older, yep. and Tim's all about sticking his tongue in her mouth. When they showed up, did it remind you of the, uh, was it the White Hats in Buffy? When they showed oh, up, yeah. that's what it reminded me of. I'm like, oh, geez. the white hats and the doppelganger yep, land. Yeah, yeah, that's what it reminded me of when they showed up. But again, uh, the issue when it started out, the the part that was in the preview where he wakes <laughs> up and that was intriguing to me. Yeah, I was, was like, really oh my intriguing. god, and and there, whoever did that art, they they were on, and then all of a sudden, shit went boom. And then Madison pulled the end of Thriller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She thriller. had the freaking, like, the cat <laughs> eye. It was, it was the brother eye eyes. Oh, but at first great. glance, it looks like the cat eyes yeah, that Michael oh, Jackson has at the end of Thriller. It's Thriller. And you know and what? All I could think of, all I could hear was Vincent Price laughing yep. at me to the a whole issue then, especially when there was no ending. That yeah, really I think that, I, actually, that wasn't Vincent Price. That was DC. Dan <laughs> oh. Dio stop laughing at oh, me. Oh, my goodness. I like their, like, brother eye won. And it, you look up. The moon has a brother eye on it, and it's then it ends. That's no moon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, that was, and then, uh, then it's like on to the end. It says that on the next page for the yeah, on to the end. You Go, son of a bitch! Screw yourself. Oh. Yeah, I gave this a three out of ten. I was not happy, and like I'm saying, we brought. I started bringing this up on um, the mail section, and I brought it up to Reggie on the site. Where like people were giving me shit how I thought like this is gonna be wiped clean and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Now you wish I, it, you don't care whether it was or not. You just wanted an ending. No, it's not even that. I think it was wiped clean. It's a, a parallel timeline where if our heroes progress where they are right now, it'll not become this brother-eyed future. So when it says on to the end and it starts off and. 
the first panel of Batman Beyond is Madison and Tim standing there looking at that goddamn moon that you're not going to be upset. No, 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 I'm saying no. That is going on on a parallel okay. timeline, which is not congru- like congruent with where our regular timeline is headed. Because of the events where Tim went back and uh, stopped Brother Eye from you're sending all, to the beacon. You, you're giving me a headache. Really? It's a bunch of nonsense. If, if you have to go that crazy no, no, convoluted. Non- no, no, no. They, the nonsense was in the issue where they described, because when uh, Tim came back to 35 years in the future, mm-hmm. <laughs> what, what happened? I changed it. Brother I never set out the beacon. And then Mr. Terrific just gave you this, oh, the events of uh, everybody was in Terrific Tech. Those were like time locked. Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. I... No, bullshit. Brother I should not know fucking at the present time how to do time travel, to send Tim back, and then to send him to the Batman Beyond suit's future and have things be time locked five years from now i'm getting a headache again i know it was Uh, three out of ten i was angry as shit i depending on what mood i would have been in you may have been a little higher than i would have went i again when we go into finales like this i always tend to want to love it you want to you want to convince yourself that the whole year wasn't a, a, a waste so a lot of times with these types of issues i'll tend to go a little higher because i'm all hyped for the yeah but then when it goes south like this i tend to go even more negative and i don't know this is this is bad now um i before before the podcast we were talking and somehow you thought that people love this issue and yeah, I, had, I told so you i was thinking of convergence so I, I don't know. uh there's 12 reviews and the average is a four nine yeah. And that is even including a um, very out of place ten out of ten from Comicosity. Hmm. I don't know about that. A ten out of ten. That seems very odd to me. But yeah, you're down near the bottom, but you're not the worst. Uh, Bat- yeah. Batman News gave it a two point five, and Newsarama gave it a two. I'm saying, in my mind, Batman News and Newsarama are the harshest reviewers out there. You know what my favorite is? Newsarama what? gave it a two. They also gave it a three. Oh, yeah, they have multiple reviews. Yeah, they like to review that. Remember when I said that um, if Back to Convergence where I was going to put, like, a Jim's take on there? Yeah, yeah, You know why I didn't? Because that's a bunch of hooey. I figured (laughs) you're reviewing it, you do it. I'm not putting Jim's take on there. My take. Well, honestly, at the point where, like, that was the third book I did on Wednesday night, Mm -hmm. and I was kept looking back at the site to see if you would start it because I didn't know if you were reviewing it or not. No, I actually, um, while Wednesday was going on, I was wondering, when the hell is he going to do this freaking biggest book in the last five years? The first two books I always review, um, it's going to change now, yeah. is Future's End and then Earth 2, World's End. Yeah, just think, the um, those are your two big books, Future's End yeah. and World's End. It's weird, too, because uh, you don't tend to, you tend to not like them as much. But yeah, I, people... I'm saying, I like Future's End. It's been, an up and, it's been a roller coaster ride. Yes, it has. That bullshit. A roller but coaster ride. Been... Well, let's get into Earth 2, shall we? Well... I just want to say one thing, though, is that I have to give... Uh, my segue, yeah, I did, because your segues are awful, just I like your shit. reviews. Now, oh. I, I have to say that um, I would say that you're one of the um, authorities on Future's End, so I'm going with your three. I'm not going with Comicosity's ten. <laughs> I'm not going to trust them, because nobody else agrees with me. All right, what's the next book, Eric? You know what I oh. would love? Right. I love when... World's End. What's the next book? It's because you're such a miserable fellow. (laughs) I love when everything ends. I'm going to start writing dark poetry again. Oh, Jesus Darkness. Envelope me in your blanket (laughs) of evil. 
I don't go on. We're only ten number twenty six. These are all teenagers at some yes. point in time. Yeah, I remember when I was Earth a teenager two. way back when. Earth Two World's End number twenty six, written by Daniel H. Wilson, Marguerite Benet, Mike Johnson, and Cohen Bunn. And as per usual, I am not naming any of the artists because this issue actually has the most amount of artists I've ever seen on this book, and it is always artist heavy. Yes. And that's the problem for me because the majority of this series has been a big letdown. Yeah. But this one is a really big letdown, even though it's an oversized issue, because I couldn't understand everything that was going on because of the art. Yes. I, I think that in DC, they, they must have um, some of the artists are, um, they're um, paid by, I don't know, they're, I don't, they just throw them on these books so that they can finally get some work. I don't know. They have a contract that they get a certain amount of books, and when they don't get them, they hey, World's End's coming up. Throw them on there because, Jesus Christ, there's like 8 trillion artists on this book. The, I'm sorry. I, it took me three lines on the, doing the review to get the, all the artists yeah, on uh, it's, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, I, w I would agree with you a bit that it is a little confusing, the art. I'm saying at the end... I I have no idea where, like, the like the, the heroes that are not a part of Earth 2 society yeah. have no idea how they get back to the goddamn escape ship that uh, Terry Sloan's endurance. Was that a plane? No, uh, no it was not a plane. <laughs> uh, the escape ship. Uh, I have no idea how they got there. Apparently, they just showed up. Bam, they're on there, and they leave. And I'm a little pissed off because we saw they had these, this fancy lensing technology that opened up the multiverse, which gave Green Lantern his power again. Yep. But they don't go through the multiverse at the end. They just go to light speed. And light speed, kid. Um, they just go away to it. They try to find another planet. This is plan A of Interstellar, if you know what the hell I'm talking about that. I don't. No, you didn't watch Interstellar. No, I did not. I'll watch it and eventually, that's all, but yeah. That's, that's all it is, though. It's plan A of Interstellar. They're, I want them to go to another goddamn universe. Okay, yeah. yeah. And, you're... and as for the Earth 2 society, we, you were telling, telling me the other week how I, I had no idea that they did not go to uh, New Earth, yeah, the no, New 52 no. Earth. I had no idea. It looks like they just get Omega-beamed and disappear. Yeah. Uh, uh, it, there's a lot of confusing <laughs> things in this book. I um, know. Yeah, I'm, I'm even looking through it now, and it's weird because some art, some of the art's really, really good. And then yeah, there's some, some that's off. But there's a lot of weird moments in this book. Now, like you said, Green Lantern gets basically <laughs> the ultimate power of the universe. Well, no, he does that now because in order to get the full like effect of being the Green Lantern, like, yeah. to be able to harness all the power, he pretty much has to say goodbye to his humanity. Yep, yeah. So how so, is he gonna, how's that going to lead into Earth 2 society? Apparently he's just going to be a fucking badass. He's going to be a Terminator of a Green Lantern. It just seems weird. It, it, it does. It seems odd. Uh, the whole thing with uh, Jay going to see his mom just seemed odd to me. Well, they were playing this thing off. They, uh, they only started this like three issues ago, It's just ago, weird, though, though because he, he goes to see his mom and then decides he's got to go. <laughs> it's like not even necessary, really, uh, except that you're saying that since they added that in before, it kind of had to happen. I, I don't know. That that seemed off to me. Well, I'm telling you, I appreciate it a little bit because even though it was like three issues ago when they started this up where he's like, I can't do this anymore. I got to go make sure I'm with my mm -hmm. mom so she has somebody. Yeah. Hawk girl called him a coward. It was character development, which we have not had on, like, really Hawkgirl okay. or Flash since, like, the early stages of this Earth 2 book, the original Earth yeah, 2 book. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and okay. it's been nothing. We've had, we've had no character development since because it's been fighting a goddamn war this whole yeah. time. The, the other thing that made me laugh in the issue is how many times did they have to force the um, 
like when we rebuild stuff we're gonna need this it's like every yeah. two lines it seemed at the, at the beginning especially it was so forced of yes we get the idea you're going to go earth to society you're gonna build another world you're gonna do this and they just kept mentioning it over but and I'm over saying, those char- those characters aren't yeah but you don't know that I don't know. No, this, but I don't know any of that. They were really pushing it that that was going to be part of it. I have a feeling that they might all just end up at this world together. They might end up all together. I I don't know. Well, that'd be convenient. Well, it? it would be, but it seems Fucking like they're bullshit. really pushing it. This whole rebuilding stuff is not done now. Do you think Aquawoman is going to be with the people? I'm asking Aquawoman you. Aquawoman is. I'm saying Aquawoman is on the ship yep. where everybody's escaping. And do you think she'll be in Earth Two Society? No. She is. That was announced that she was. So right there is a bit right there. It's going to show you that some of the people... I'll call it shenanigans. Well, I don't know who it was, but one of the DC writers announced that, yes, you you didn't see Aquawoman die because she is going to be in Earth 2 society. No, I didn't see her die. She was on the... I know she was. Well, that's what I'm saying. But some... I forget. And I... Again, I make up stuff in my head, but I do think I read (laughs) that, that Aquawoman was going to be part of Earth 2 society. So... I'm confused. Uh, the other thing I'm confused is, is where does this book continue? Earth to Society? No. You didn't see, you about? Didn't see the end then. Oh, no, I did yeah. see the end. I, Convergence sorry, I, number one. Yeah, so it's not done. Really think, so yeah, all these really things, this that. is going to all set up into who and what and where and, and that sort of thing, I guess. And then we'll see. We'll see when that uh, – what's her name? The uh, the former Avatar of the Red? Yolanda Montes. Yolanda Montes. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, she's all, she's got big boobs. That that woman, they they stress those. She's like, she, hold, what's that? We'll get to this. We'll get to this in a bit. She ain't got shit compared to Vicky Vale and Batman Eternal. Oh, no, Man. yeah, yeah. Jesus they they Christ. went they went to town on that. I don't know who Vicky Vale was thinking was showing up at that office, but man, she was up to something there. But yeah, it says. That shirt is about to break. <laughs> it says at the end of it, it, you know, find out what happened to the heroes of Earth 2 and Convergence number 1. Yeah, so, yeah I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, I, I guess we're going to find out the what goes on. Well, good. I can't wait for Convergence number 1. It's kind of a weird tie-in to me that this is supposed to end. It, it's even Here's the deal. We've now had two books that have gone on a whole year and are supposed to end, and neither really ended because you're going to no. find out in Convergence about this book. Future's End seems to continue on in Batman Beyond. I'm saying I'm not as I'm not as pissed off about this one. I'm actually really not that okay. pissed off. If it, it was the story was okay, like actually the story wasn't that great. But we've known what's going to happen to these characters for yeah. so long now. I know it was kind of a like a null point when we finally got here. Like oh they're going to escape, and then we found out in Future Zen that they're not going to go to Earth Prime or uh, New Earth. I I always forget how they're fucking labeled yeah, now. Yeah, so it's yeah. Prime Earth, then Earth Prime, and then New Earth. Everybody's going with New Fifty Two Earth. Yeah. Freaking um, so we we've known this is not going to happen. So it's you know this ending. Yeah. I wasn't you know it's not exciting. It's... Do you think James Robinson sits around and laughs at this hooey from what I... that book was when he started at Earth Two and now it's this? He just has to shake his head. What what, what podcast was he on? Comic Vines. Yeah, he was on. He used to be on Comic Vines a lot. Yeah. Honestly, I freaking listen. To I know you're going to say you don't care what he thinks because you didn't like him. I'll say I don't. I think he's just thinking about creepy things. He used to hit on the goddamn girl. Yeah, he was a creepy guy. I think when she left the podcast, he was never on again. (laughs) He didn't want to hit on G-Man or or Matt or Corey. I'm saying I can't do a fucking accent. But like, what is this podcast? The Sausage Fest? I'm out. I'm out. Uh, Yes, you know what I would like to think that these um, weekly books have turned into? They're almost eternal. 
<laughs> I gave I gave the last one a five point five out of ten. You, see now you messed up my segue because I forgot. No, I'm just trying to. I forgot mine. that you didn't give a score. What did you give it? There you go. Smoke point, it up. Smoke yeah, it up, buddy. Smoke it up. Smoke it up. Uh, five point five. Five point five. I, I might have given it a six. Uh, again, <laughs> I I don't know. What is a five point five and a six? What's the difference? A, a half a point? A half, a half a point, a handshake, and a hamburger. That's what I say back in the old days. You did not, you liar. The old days are last week. Uh, my next book I'm saying is that. Batman <laughs> Eternal number 52. All right, 52. Baby. You know what has 52? The new 52? No, a year has 52 weeks, and I've been reading this goddamn book for a whole year. Every issue, I've been there to review it. Hadn't missed an issue. What do you? Think I don't know what that? you're talking about though, because for the majority of it, you were fucking always complaining I didn't about. Say I liked it. I'm just I'm saying, saying every, I was there. Every issue I have read yeah. has been great. I know. Well, you know what? I like this issue. Oh, this is a great fucking. It issue. It was written. Well, don't get too carried away there, buddy. It was written by James Tinian the Fourth. Art by Robson Broca. Oh, you mean Tynan? Gear. Oh, yeah. Did I, yeah. James Tynan the Fourth. I have no idea how to pronounce his fucking name. Robson Bro- uh, Art by Robson Broca, Guillermo Ortega, David LaFuente, Tim Seeley, Ray All right. Fox, All right. Alan Pasalacqua, Gabe Altaeb, John Calise, and John Rauch. There's a lot of crazy names in this book. Uh, I'll just start off one thing. I like the art, and the art was different throughout. Uh, yep. I thought it fit the story uh, very well. But I'm going to tell you about the book, Eric. Um, I'll tell you right away. I was not as pleased with it as you are. Really? Yeah, I did not. I had goosebumps while reading this goddamn book. It's probably because it was cold out. I didn't have uh, – I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. I'll tell you right away. Um, I probably would have given it an 8.8. Okay. 8.8, huh? Oh, jeez. Yeah. Well – Last issue, I was very upset that Clue Master died, and that's a big thing for me because the issue before, I was pissed that Clue Master was alive, <laughs> and I hated the fact that he was the main villain. Oh, and, it was a roller coaster of emotions. Yes, I was up and down like a roller coaster, like a, a hippity hop. But what's a hippity hop? Uh, you never had a hippity hop. The thing that you would bounce on it was a ball with like a handle. Is that what that was called? Yeah, it was a hippity hop. I could call it a bouncy no. ball. Bouncy ball would be something you just bounce. You're, you're an idiot. Like a racquetball? Yeah, or a half ball. I don't know. Play stickball. When ball. we played stickball on the street, well, listen to me. <laughs> Clue Master, I was mad because last issue you found out he wasn't the mastermind behind the whole plan. But guess what you find out this issue? He was. He was the mastermind. He just got killed. And I called it last week. I said Clue Master went a little too far. When he tried <laughs> to kill Bruce, that's when um, – Lincoln March stepped out and had to make things uh, right by killing him, slicing his That's damn throat insane. and watching him bleed out. That is such bullshit, though, because when that happens, you think to yourself, okay, Lincoln March doesn't want him dead. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, what he wanted to do, what basically the, the issue he had with Clue Master is Clue Master wanted to take credit for it, yes. where Lincoln March just wanted Batman, Bruce, but mainly Batman, to die by the hand of an anonymous killer to kind of prove that Batman is only a fleeting thing in Gotham. He wanted to have the body be found when Gotham kind of gets itself back together, find out, oh, it was Bruce Wayne. There he is. He died. He's immortal. The symbol of Batman didn't mean anything. Good riddance. But 
in the flashback, the flashback itself, I loved. Because so you I. get Clue Master, and you find out, I'm telling you, you find out that Clue Master was a great, he was he was smart. He Fuck figured yeah. out the Court of the Owls. And no, ain't shit. nobody figured that out. Batman, it took forever to figure out uh, the Court of the Owls. Clue Master did it all by himself. He followed the clues, and he ended up uh, at the Court of the Owls at a pivotal moment in the Court of the Owls story back way back in uh, Scott Snyder's run, which was when... You saw the whole court. You mean his, his continuous run? Yeah, you saw the whole. <laughs> you saw the whole court dead, at mm-hmm. the the dining table, the dinner table, and it's it, to me that is one of the most iconic um, pictures in my head of the whole New Fifty Two. Actually, yeah, um, it's I love the Court of the Owls. So that was just I thought that was just awesome. But again, I, I thought this was hilarious, though, because even though we have all these writers on this book, mm-hmm. this is Scott Snyder's story. Yeah, it is. Uh, what's weird and is I this told motherfucker them. is a two-trick pony. Oh yeah, Court of the Owls Joker. and Joker. Yeah, That's Joker it. and Court of the Owls. But I love the Court of the Owls. I always did. I know, so do I. And what's weird, though, I'll also mention what's weird to me is that I do not think I said this to you, and I'm pretty sure Scott Snyder never scripted one issue of this whole run. Yeah, Which said that it's to me. odd. That's fucking he weird. He's just the man. He's almost the clue master behind the scenes. He came <laughs> up the plan, and what happened is he said to Tynan, "Hey, buddy." He his throat. Yeah, he said, "Hey, Tynan, I am gonna be the greatest person when I put my name on this thing." And Tynan sliced his throat. So little oh, do God. we know, Scott Snyder's laying bleeding out. He's dead. I'm not gonna do that. Cause then you'll have Greg Capullo on your ass, and I don't yes, want to fuck with that yes. dude. Well. Back to the issue. Lincoln March is kind of telling Batman, you know, this is how it's gonna be. All this stuff and. He just wants he wants Batman to uh, just cease to exist. He wants every he thinks that Batman is just another bit of heroism in that could just disappear if you just get rid of the guy. Uh, so you get him kind of beating the crap out of Bruce. He takes him down to Gotham. There's a little jetpack action. <laughs> they end and they're fighting it. And basically he's like, that's you know, Batman's just a symbol. It's going to be gone. Nobody's going to care. Well, that's when uh, Jim Gordon has a plan that kicks in, and I thought it was great. Where Goosebumps. Yeah, well, I, I'll admit, I really like this part. Gotham lights up with the bat symbol. There's also the bat signals go off, and there's like 80 of them. Uh, they're all brilliant. on the thing, and it's really great. And in the meantime... I want to see this in a fucking movie. Yeah, it would be good. In the meantime, it seems as if uh, the call has gone out as well uh, to a bunch of heroes, and... Jim Gordon makes the call to all the Gothamites. Hey, it's our city. We're all Batman. Let's go. Let's kick ass. And that's where my first issue is with uh, this issue. What? Yeah. How many people do you see fighting? You see one guy help Stephanie Brown. That's it. I wanted to see. We're focused on no. the main story. Uh, he's yelling out for, he's yelling out for Gotham that we're not afraid. This is what defines us. This, and you get nothing. You get no citizens fighting. And that's what I wanted. There should have been crowds of guys beating the crap out of Lincoln March and all those guys. You get nothing. You get one guy jumping to save Stephanie Brown from a car. Looks like a, a freaking taxi. So that was, a, that was an issue for me. I, I can't say this is actually like true what I'm about to say, but I believe uh, in Julia Pennyworth's monitors, you see a bunch of people on there doing I shit. I wanted to see it. I don't need any monitors. I want to see it. But you know what I did love? Best guest star ever. Katana? No. Calvin <laughs> Rose. I don't even mean Black Canary or Batwoman. Calvin Rose. Yeah, we yeah. have talked about we've talked about Calvin Rose for so long, and if anybody listening doesn't know, he was the main character in the Talon book 
that came and out. And the first arc of yeah, Town was so good. And that came out after The Court of the Owls. And it was at one point on the site, when we first started the site, we actually had uh, an article of our favorite books. What are our favorite New 52 books? And Talon was my number one book. I know. I, I you were all about I that book. I loved it. I, you got me to start yep, reading I that loved book. it. I thought it was great. Then it kind of lost track. It, it lost direction a little. But uh, when it was first going on, I loved it. So seeing Calvin Rose again, at least to me, at the least amount of things, it's that he's still out there. I, yeah, I, you mentioned Casey yeah, there to blow yeah, the wall. Yeah. Oh. I thought that he – I thought basically they had forgotten about him. That we'd never see him again. Thought. We saw him. He looks pretty good. He looks crazy. Uh, I I don't know why he would still be wearing the Talon armor because he kind of got his humanity back and I would think that he'd try to separate himself from that armor but again you wouldn't know who it was if it wasn't for the armor exactly so dude needed some it. armor yeah. again was called the arms right he had uh, to put something on and then you also see in, in successive panels you see Batwoman Black Canary and Katana and um, those three you know what it brings up a meatloaf song uh, you know what that is. Two out of three ain't oh, bad. Oh, you got it. I have it written right there because uh, <laughs> I, love I could care less about Katana. I wish that she actually got killed here because I, I just don't like Katana at all. But, again, in my notes I have right after that, I wish I saw more of the normal citizens step up and help out. But yeah. you know who else steps up that is awesome and is actually – I love Calvin Rose. That's my favorite part of this issue. This next part's my second favorite is Killer Croc. He so is good. awesome. He's carrying five police officers out of a building. So good. So you have Maggie all that. Maggie Sawyer's about to shoot his ass. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're they're awful to him when he's he's helping. Uh, and in fact, through this whole run of Eternal, he's done more <laughs> help than he's done any sort of damage. He helped uh, Batman Cra at one Crap's point. Misunderstood, yeah, man. I, I Just like, like Crap. People sometimes. Um, so. You get all these people, they're fighting. Lincoln March is there with Batman. Of course, Batman also, I, I mentioned this earlier this week, it always cracks me up. Whenever Batman has the cowl off or whatever, he'll grab any sort of bandana, any sort of uh, shirt, and he'll make his own cowl, and, you know, he covers up this bat symbol that the... Uh... I can't even think of the fucker's name right now. What's the Mexican Batman from Batman Incorporated? Oh, oh my goodness, it's like El Guapo. I don't know. El... Honestly, El, El Guapo, Guapo sounds right. That's I don't think it's El Guapo. Amigos. I think, yeah, that's, that's... three amigos. El, El Guapo. He's infamous? Yeah, he's infamous. Yeah, I can't remember. How does this keep coming I can't up? remember the uh, the Mexican. I can't think of his name oh, off the top of my head. We're gonna but yeah, he, remind... anyway, he did. He had that. He looked exactly like that. Didn't he have like that, that like red bandana over his eyes? Yeah. Uh, well, he had like the Zorro freaking cow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what it looked like. It was Zorro all, all along. So everybody's fighting. Lincoln marches there, and Stephanie Brown comes out and gives him a right cross for the ages, just freaking levels him. <laughs> so they're there. Everybody's there to get Lincoln March. I'm like, okay, this is it. This guy's going to get justice. What happens, Eric? I was looking up who this character oh, was. Okay. Yeah. You know what happens to Lincoln March? He goes down the sewer and gets oh. away. So there's the second part that I was pissed off. So I, we have two parts that I no, was no, not that, that big on. No, no, bullshit. That led to one of the greatest endings. Yeah, but at this point, it wasn't a great ending to me. It, it, well, it wasn't and the ending. Again, I, I beg to differ. We'll get to the ending in a little bit, and I didn't like it. But now you go into my worst part of the issue, where Vicki Vale and that crazy outfit. I, in fact, when I was reading that, I might have even ran off to the bathroom to be alone. <laughs> She's there, and you you find out she is finishing up her, like an eight. El Gaucho. Dress. El Gaucho. Yes, she was. Um, 
she was finishing up a, another draft. She's been writing a story about Jason Bard and how awful he has been and what bad stuff he has done and all the awful things. So she's finishing up and in walks Jason Bard. He walks in, starts talking to her. First off, he seemed very creepy to me at this point. Plus, they're alone. This guy is an awful person. He well, knows he person. knows that she is going to write this bad expose on him. Why wouldn't she think that he'd slice her throat? I would I have got I... if I was Vicky Vale, I'd have the mace ready. I'd I'd be ready to hit and run. And, and in fact, I wouldn't even wait for him to talk. I would have ran the hell out of that office because he is an awful person and she is about to expose him for even more awfulness. But in... That's one thing I would have liked more from the series, though, is like a more of a gradual turn to good. Because yeah. all of a sudden, Bard just snapped his fingers and he's good. Yeah, and in fact, he had um, he had played Vicky pretty bad. He had like been stringing her along. Played Vicky yeah, pretty yeah, bad, really. Uh, he had been stringing her along and making her report things that he wanted, and then she finally found out. She went and found out what his true motivations were. It went back to a where uh, he grew up and found out that he was against Batman because there was a uh, copycat Batman. It was a bunch of nonsense. But uh, So she should just be mad at him personally because she, that was a, they were boyfriend and girlfriend, and he just used her. But just the stuff... You say it like that. You sound like you're in fucking high school. Yeah, he, liked, boyfriend he, and girlfriend. he liked her. Uh, they held no, hands. he's just awful. So what happens is he gets his comeuppance by agreeing to help Vicky with the article. That will ruin And him. then they leave to have a drink. I'm telling you, Vicky Vale right now is dead in the river. There, I just this guy. I even put in my notes. I put how long was Gordon in jail? A, about a said. year. Because that oh, was like the first deal. I mean, if if it's in real time, he's been. In, I don't think it's in real uh, time. He's been in jail all this time. Bard yeah. could have freed him. I at least want Bard to have at least a couple months in jail. Then this guy should be behind bars right now, and people should be doing awful things to him as we speak. Jesus. Instead, he's having a drink with one of the hottest chicks in the DCL. That that's well. Once the story comes out, then bad shit will happen no, to him. No. Yeah, Gordon knows what he did. Batman knows what he did. They're not doing anything. All right. What do you want from me? I don't know. I'm taking a sip of drink. My my voice cracked when I got. I know. No. No. I'm telling you, it's really odd. But then the issue gets into uh, almost like a what it reminds me of. It's not as bad, but it reminds me of the old. 80s movie thing where they stop, they show everybody and they freeze frame and tell what they do. Yeah, yeah so, like an animal house. Yeah, yeah. So you get the book shifts into the let's set up all the books after Eternal and what's going on. And what you get, you get Selena. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, it was okay. You get Selena. She's wearing a pantsuit, by the way. And that she's showing a lot of clear. I'm too. saying she cannot button her no, shirt. She, I think that they ran out it's of just buttons. Tough. Yeah. They ran out of buttons. She doesn't like buttons, but it, it sets up that. I didn't like her interaction with Batman that much. He, they kind of meet, and it's over. It's funny that you think that it's your decision, but I, again, when in the time of the um, Genevieve Valentine Catwoman, yes, you get the idea that Batman is not that pleased with what she's doing, but you never get, like, this sort of thing. And I, I just felt that 
it fell out of place. But then you get one of my. Now I'm, I'm confused on the timeline. Do you know if that Catwoman takes place after this? Yeah, or is yeah, that no. It, it, the Catwoman, the Catwoman regular Catwoman book takes place after yeah. this. Okay. Yeah, this is right when she's going to start. Or uh, yeah, it's just it's odd. And and again, it's a weird kind of wonky timeline because even then, this last issue of Catwoman. She went to go talk to Penguin about kind of meeting up, and then in this one, he in this issue of Batman Eternal, he comes out. Then looks like, like a oh, goddamn my... manservant. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. But uh, yeah, I didn't really care for that that much. But then I really did like the Jim Corrigan bit, where he's down below where the uh, book started, and he's kind of uh, dispelling the ghosts that are down there. I thought this is the weakest part. Actually, I I only liked it because. I like the fact that he mentions that he's going to be joining this midnight shift yeah, and invites Batwing to do it. And I think that's neat. I think that's just a setup. Oh, we'll see Batwing. I would yeah. think that you would. And that's why I liked it. I thought, okay, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, I mentioned to you, I, I like the art where the art there, and I'm assuming that it's Ray Fox only because he does uh, Gotham by Midnight, right? The writing. Yes. Uh, it's odd. I've never seen him listed as an artist, but I'm assuming he did the art here. And it kind of morphs into this like watercolor type thing. And I, I thought it was kind of neat that it was kind of. It was kind of neat. Where I was saying, it doesn't seem like it started that way. And then yeah, yeah. as it progresses, it becomes and it more morphs, Temple as Smith. It's getting closer to the book. Yeah. It gets to more Temple Smith look. I, I like that. Um, then you get Jason. Jason Todd in a bar, and he's talking, and he's he well, he's got a, a phone, and he's calling to Barbara, and he wants to tell her, "Oh, look, I I love you. Do you I want to be do inside you like you. me?" But then instead, he decides, "Nah, I'm gonna call Roy," and he calls Roy, tells him that I need him. Yeah, he calls his Roy toy, and they're gonna start off, which leads into their book in June. I'm Roy supposing. toy and Jaybird. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna do that. And I, again, I, we mentioned it earlier with Chisanga's uh, email. I I didn't I didn't think that Batgirl Jason thing felt right anyway. I thought no. it was a little forced and and odd out of left out of left field. But uh, uh, what else? Do you also get uh, Barbara kind of sitting with um, her dad, and I that didn't seem to lead into this uh, new Batgirl. But it Not was nice. It was nice to see her just sitting with her dad. It said there where, he's t- where she got the advice from Jason. Like, that, sound, like, that sounds like some good advice. Is that one of your roommates? Yeah, yeah. That's weird. But, yeah, then you um, you have the whole um, – you get to see uh, Tim Drake and Harper Rowe. And I looked but it more up. more importantly, her sh- Tim Drake yeah. and Stephanie Yeah, Brown. well, they have this weird, awkward moment where you see their uh, – they're attracted to each other, each other, which I hated because I really wanted Harper and uh, Tim to get together. And I did look up the No, It's Becky shirt. It's yeah. it's a reference to a thing with Taylor Swift. And really? when I saw that, I cried bullshit because I think that Harper <laughs> would be a lot more hipper than having a freaking Taylor Swift meme shirt. So What the hell do we know about being hip? I know Harper Rowe. She wouldn't like Taylor Swift, Okay. <laughs> So, the fucking artists don't even know Harper Rowe. Everybody draws her a different way. I know. Well, then you get out of this, and you see Lincoln March. And the Court of the Owls have taken him, and they are locking him away. And I hated it. Because to me, what? it might as well have been Scott Snyder 
Tynan, all these editors, authors, writers, whatever, putting them away till they can use them again. That's all it felt like yeah. to me. I think that's bullshit. I think that we went through all this, and this guy who was awful, they're like, okay, we're just going to put you away for a little until we need you. But again. this leads to more Court of the Owls later yeah. down the line, you know too, what, because though? they... I'm sick of the Court of the Owls. What? I love the Court of the Owls, but now that I've seen them in this, they were in Endgame, it seems to be the go-to thing. And uh, I could care less for them for a while. I hope they get put away like Lincoln March, and we don't see them for a couple of years because they're going to start uh, pushing this Court of the Owls too much. But Hey, do you remember an uh, interview with the vampire when they did that to uh, Louis? Yeah. The yeah, other vampires? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, all I could think yeah. of when they're doing uh, yeah, the Court of the Owls true. pulling this. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I just... I love the Court of the Owls. I talked earlier in this this talk of this book hey, how much I like it. Hard. But I again, I you even said it. He Scott Snyder's become a two trick pony, and I want something new. But that's how that ends. Also, the book ends with uh, Gordon and Batman <laughs> going off to stop Scarecrow. You know what? You're gonna get something new in June. You're gonna get Robot Batman. Yeah, Robot Batman. So Gordon and Batman go off. They hear that Scarecrow has this toxin. It's like almost like that's the eternal part of the book for me. Is the eternal thing is the struggle in Gotham. It's always gonna be Batman against all these villains. It'll never end. They don't even get a day to rest. Uh, where was Hush in this uh, uh, issue? I have no idea. I guess he's still locked yeah, up in the goddamn back. That's game. another. I wish they would have talked yeah. about how Lincoln March went and released yeah, him. Yeah, again, see, this is what I'm saying. There's no hush. There's no explanation of that. You don't even get an idea of what Hush's whole motivation really was and how I wanted to see a flashback of how that, they tricked him into doing something possibly or how not, they not only that they should have had Hush be the one that looked like Bruce yeah, Wayne no, talking to obviously now it was Lincoln March she just saw Lincoln and thought or, it was Bruce. was it Clue Master Sportsmaster Clue Master oh, cool. yeah, okay, they, were right. in, they were in their um, kitchen and Stephanie Brown saw it. That's yes. what started her whole thing as spoiler. She should not have thought that Lincoln March, even though they're similar looking, should not have thought that was Bruce Wayne. You know what else? It should yeah. have been Hush. You know what else is funny is the whole like spoiler moniker kind of disappeared. Totally. Do you know what I mean? It's very odd. Like she was so big on being called spoiler, and then that just kind of just faded away. Now you're ruining the book for me because I really enjoyed I'm this. You, so I, now... I liked it. I gave it a seven point five out of ten, but I. There was a lot of things that I wanted to explain more. I would have loved to have seen a – I don't need – I wanted a flashback of them talking in that kitchen. I wanted to see yeah. exactly what was going on, not a mention by Lincoln March. I should have killed you when you saw us in the kitchen. Yeah. So right there just proves that that's who she thought was was Bruce Wayne. Bullshit. But I, I, didn't, I didn't like a lot of it. I did like the art even though there were a lot of artists, and um, I – Again, I, I didn't hate it. I just there were a lot of empty things, a lot of loose ends that I really wanted to see tied up uh for me reading a whole year. But that was that. And that's uh I think we're gonna stop right now and see what Ryan Clark has up for us. Brightest daycare, Ryan Clark? That's brightest daycare, Ryan Clark, because All I right. think this is a good time for us to take a break because I have the next book. And I've just talked a lot, and my throat hurts. It was a long-ass freaking talk. Yeah, it was. That, well, that's what happens when you end these crazy issues after a year. I promise the rest I'll just zip on through because we got a lot of books to me that seemed like uh, filler issues and stuff like that. I don't know about yours, what you have left, but I had a couple that seemed like really odd issues before this Convergence event. Well, mine are pretty much filler. And right now I, I wish I knew what uh, book Ryan was doing. 
But I uh, you don't know? No, he I I he did tell me earlier, and I forgot. And of course, we're not very professional in this, so it's going to be a surprise to us and the listeners. Because here is Ryan, brightest daycare Clark, with the other side. Hello, and welcome to another weekly installment of The Other Side, your non-DC review segment for the all-DC Comics Review Weird Science DC Comics podcast. This week, I, Ryan, brightest daycare Clark, have jumped back on the Marvel bandwagon and am bringing you Star Wars Kanan Last Padawan number one. This book is written by Greg Weissman with art by Pepe Larraz and David Curiel. Uh, anyone who has seen the TV show Star Wars Rebels from Disney XD would already be kind of familiar with the main character for this series, uh, Kanan Jarrus, uh, but nothing really is known of this new character for the Star Wars universe past and his Jedi training. Um, that is, until now. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, this issue starts out set in the current Star Wars Rebels television series timeline. And the story for the book kicks off with a flashback um, that gets set off when Hera, the um, associate and rebel cells pilot, tells the group, and by association Kanan, that they're headed to uh, complete a mission on the planet of Kalar. This kind of sets Kanan off, and he has a panicked flashback that leads into um, when he's there um, as Caleb Dumay is the name that he has when he is a Padawan under his master, uh, Depa Balaba. And it sounds made up, but I assure you, this is the Jedi name you're looking for. Did that work? It probably didn't work. All right, I'm just going to keep going. Uh, the story follows Master Balaba as the field general on Kalar, as um, she's leading her troops, the Republic clone troopers, to recapture the planet. And once they do, the the people that live there are very unhospitable and it's a very contentious environment which i'm sure means that the rebels returning to caller won't be uh inter you know uh, warm welcome being brought in with open arms um so after that uh, there's a, a neat scene that plays through the last half of the issue uh with master balaba and caleb Kanan with some of the Republic troops uh, out in the field on this planet. And they're just sort of, it's nighttime, there's a fire, and they're just sort of casually talking. And we're getting some bits and pieces of them, you know, talking about life and, and how they, they are thinking and going about things. And we kind of get that Caleb may not be the most, you know, level-headed and calm Jedi. He definitely seems kind of like a hot-headed, eager-to-question apprentice, which kind of reminds me of somebody else to somebody's when it comes to questioning being one and hothead being the other. They seem like it could be father or son. Take your pick. They both, Anakin and Luke, in case you weren't catching that, had a lot of those characteristics as they were 
going through their Jedi training. Um, we get a lot of um, information from the, the troopers and from Caleb and from Master Balaba, and it kind of just shows that they are a, a really sort of close, tight-knit group, and we really get to understand what makes uh, Master Balaba so unique, other than the fact that she's a major character in the Star Wars universe that is female and not Leia or <laughs> Amidala. So it's it's great that they're bringing in more more new female characters, more than just what's on the show as well. Uh, the end of the issue uh, really sets the tone for what you know crazy things are going to happen and why Kanan seems to have bad memories as they uh, are tied to um, Caller. In that spoiler alert, the Republic troopers that are in the camp with Kanan and Master Balaba are given Order 66 in the middle of all this fun, chummy camaraderie that's going on, um, which, if you don't know, is the directive from Revenge of the Sith to exterminate the Jedi Order. And that's a major cliffhanger, because, you know, we don't know the fate of Master Balaba. We don't know what kind of stuff Kanan went through at this time. You know, there's a huge sandbox for these characters to play in with this book. Any number of things can happen, good or what seems to be most likely really, really terrible. Um, I thought that this book was a really interesting first issue, and it really felt um, very easy to get into. The accessibility hurdle's really low because... You know, it's starting off of a TV show that's really only run for one season, and it's really only very slightly attached to that. Everything else you're getting is information you don't even get from the TV series, so it's really easy to just jump in and read. Um, I liked that, you know, we get to see, um, similar to a lot of the themes that are in the movies, with a young, um, sort of questioning, you know, mad, mad at the world or galaxy in this place um young angsty teenager under the tutelage stewardship of a older wiser jedi master um i thought it was really uh, cool that she's a, a female character and she's in a position of power and it's never questioned it's just accepted as fact which is great uh you know it's something the star wars films one through six haven't really explored at all but uh you know jj i'm looking at you there's there better be more of that going forward uh overall this was great fun and interesting it was really really uh you know worth reading um i'll be interested to see more particularly how this book sells what kind of audience it reaches as opposed to those other you know star wars vader princess leia which as far as i know all had much higher print runs than this, but this is also a book that only appeals to um, smaller, a smaller section of the overall Star Wars audience. But I really think that anybody that has any sort of interest, either in any of the previous Star Wars or anything that's going forward, this is a great place to jump on because you don't have a lot of baggage coming into this you could just pick up and read i i thought it was really fun and i really 
really enjoyed the the issue. I'm looking forward to more uh, issues in the series for Star Wars, Kane and the Last Padawan, and uh, recommend that if you have any interest in Star Wars and sci-fi or just reading a new interesting take on something that happens in the Star Wars Expanded Universe to go ahead and check this out. As always, I am Ryan Brightest Daycare Clark. You can find me on Twitter at BDC Comics, on Tumblr at brightestdaycare.tumblr.com. I have a Facebook and Google Plus pages that you can find me on. Uh, until next time, I will see you on the other side. Ah, Star Wars, nothing but Star Wars, give me the Star Wars, don't let them end. And we're back. What'd you think of that little brightest daycare? Really, man, we're going to play this up like we're supposed to do this? <laughs> you know what he did talk about? I looked back at the notes, and he was talking about Star Wars Kanan, the last Padawan number one. That's the best part, because you bring this up. Everybody else has already listened to it, and they know what he was talking about. I'm telling you, so I can okay. ask you, what do you think of Star Wars, Kane and the Last Padawan, number one? I, I think Marvel's really milking this Star Wars title. Yeah, it's. I guess it's a character from the Star Wars Rebels cartoon that uh, I watched one episode of. One or two. Uh, my son Logan. I think I watched a half an episode. Yeah, my, my son Logan liked it. He claimed he did, but yet he didn't go back. It's that he'll claim he likes anything. Any kid does. Oh, I love it. And if you don't go back, then you've got the the whole gist that he didn't really. It didn't grab him. But I wonder. I have no idea if, if uh, Ryan liked it or not. But I see that on uh, Comic Roundup, a bunch of people reviewed it, and it's uh, fairly well liked. A seven eight. What's the average? What's that? Seven eight. The average. Yeah. Um. I do notice, though, there are a lot of sites with the name Geek or the word Geek in the title. I'm glad we're not like weird geeks. Well, I was thinking about today, if some for some reason, like like uh, me and you split up, like we had a falling out, mm-hmm. I'd try to keep this shit up. Yeah. I would be, like I said, that, that 12-year-old Eric, Dead Man's Party. It works so well because then it would be like the Dead Man from Just Sleep Dark would be the theme of it, mm-hmm. but it would also be an Oingo Boingo song. Here's a, here's a tip. You grab that site. It's, it's happening soon, buddy. <laughs> goddamn nerves every time I talk to you. Guess no. what we're going to talk about next, and you can get on my nerves. Team Jim? No, another book of mine. Batman Superman Annual Number 2, written by Greg right. Pock. Art by Tom Derenick, Tyler <laughs> Kirkham, Ian Churchill, Ardian Syaf, and Emmanuel Lupacino. She was on this book? Yes, she was. Isn't that crazy? You know what's the best thing of those artists? I mentioned those artists. There are one, two, three, four, five artists. You know what? Right. You can't tell. No. It, it's, this is probably the greatest issue I've ever seen where there are five artists and all of them did such a great job of either mimicking each other's style, keeping it. Now, Artie and Syaf has been the regular artist on this book for a couple issues now, and I love his art, and I really think that it maintained his style throughout, where if you didn't realize, you just you wouldn't even think, oh, you know, like I said, this uh, last I issue. I didn't. Yeah, this <laughs> last issue of Batman Eternal. You get this idea, oh, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of artists. It, it worked to me. 
but well. this one, five artists, and it looked that good. But we were talking a little on our break, and you loved this issue, didn't you? I really liked yeah, this issue I liked a lot. it. Uh, I thought it was an odd issue, though. I thought it was very odd. And you know what I'd like? I'd liken it to an extended cut of, like, a movie where this felt, until the very end, this felt like a... Um, I don't know, just an extended story to me. It was one of those, you need so many books out each week. You got this Joker story. We'll extend it a little, the Superman's Joker story. We'll extend it a little. Come up with something that you can do uh, in the meantime before we get to Convergence. And, and that's what it is to me because there's a couple odd things in this issue. One is that Zadu, the Phantom King, who was Superman's Joker, uses his mind powers. Now, he's stuck in the Phantom Zone. Uh, last... Last His issue, mind uh, yes, last year, last week's Batman Superman was last week, right? I think it was. But um, <clears throat> they kind of messed him up and sent him back to the Phantom Zone where he'll never be able to get out. Well, he can't get out, but his mind can. So he hypnotizes a bunch of people. It just so happens to be <laughs> some of influence. the coolest. Yes, it, it, he pushes them towards yes. wanting to kill Clark Kent. And... It just as happens that it's a great thing that my son's playing a game. Did you hear that? Yeah, I heard it. Yeah. They, they, these kids nowadays, they don't know when a podcast is going on. Uh, but what he does, he hypnotizes some of the coolest villains. There's Bane, Cheshire, uh, Killer Croc again. Doesn't quite hit. I don't think hypnotize is the right word. Well, you know what it is? He it's, sends a suggestion. It's a suggestion. It's like they say. What it, 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 to it's me, like, it's... it's like when you get, I'm saying, it's like when you get Europe's uh, final countdown stuck in your head and that's all you can think of. I thought it was more like when you snap your fingers, I think I'm a chicken. No, I'm, that's hypnotizing. I'm a chicken, Mark. Uh, <laughs> but what happens is you get, the, the thing that bothered me the most about this issue, now again, I gave it an 8 out of 10. I liked it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. What I didn't like, though, was we get more of the solar flare. And You didn't like the solar flare? No. You know why I don't we like got the solar it. We got to use it. Well, I don't like the solar flare because it's now become less of an iconic power and more of a way to just take Superman's powers away. That's all I get from it. They're just going well, find, the... to find ways that he has to use it so that the main gist of the issue is Superman without powers. I'll say that'll 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 get old fast. Uh, old fast. But, um... It's old now, and now we've had this power in, in basically I think three issues, and two of them they've used it. Greg Pak, I said Greg Pak seems like he's like a kid, and he's like I want to use that toy too. Give me that solar flare, and he uses it. And the other thing that I didn't like was the reason he had to use it. He goes back to Honeymoon Island, which is the worst place in the world. It's Honeymoon Island. It sounds great. That's where <laughs> Doomsday first came out. And uh, started the whole Doom story. Um, the government is... Isn't that where Scott Liddell got pissed at you for? Yeah, he did. I, I didn't like that issue. Actually, Scott Liddell and Bleeding Cool got mad at me. And Bleeding Cool actually like had an article about how awful I was then. <laughs> I remember Good you, times. Sent, you, Good sent, time. you sent me a note like, Hey, Bleeding Cool's talking about you. I'm like, oh, uh -oh. that's awesome. And then you saw and you're like, oh, he doesn't want to go there. That's yeah. the worst part because I sent you the I sent you the thing. Hey, they're talking about you. I hadn't read it yet, and then I read it like, ooh, never yeah, mind. That, that was way back, and and to me, uh, bleeding cool was kind of pointing out how 
these new reviewers don't get Scott Liddell, and this issue's so great, but these new guys, they don't know. Well, when I went and looked, everybody hated that issue, not just the quote-unquote new guys, and it was, uh, I, I got pissed. I remember I went on their, their uh, forum for that, uh, that article and kind of blasted them a little, and then they, they freaking pandered to me and acted like I was a, a jerk. But yeah, what happens in this, what I'm saying is the government is testing the doomsday mist. That kind caused, of. It, it, what, why are they doing this? Well, so we never saw the government in this issue. We only had a, a, like a thing from Batman saying that this is and, happening. And I think never Superman, saw him. I think Superman even like calls it out too, and because um, that's when he's like, "This is a job for Superman." He's just there as Clark Kent investigating, and then when he sees this doomsday mist, he he turns into again. He's by himself. Solar flare. He's by himself. Does he really need the switch to the suit to use the solar flare? He could have just done it, but it's a job for Superman. Then he would have been naked. Solar flare. Blows up everything. I'm assuming we don't see the government because he has killed hundreds of soldiers <laughs> and scientists. That's my guess. Uh, somehow, though, a bunch of looters, they, they remain. Local so, people, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't even know that they're that local. I don't think anybody's left on Honeymoon Island. I, the, these people seem to be squatters or looters. They even that's, say, what you said about, they, that's what you said about Katrina, but look, people are there. That's true. Uh, if they could send all these people to the freaking, I don't know. The Astrodome? Astrodome. Is that what you're yeah. going for? Well, that's what they went Astrodome. <laughs> yeah, they eventually went to the Astrodome, right? And uh, Barbara Bush said that it was like a vacation for him. <laughs> bunch, of, bunch of crap. But yeah, uh, he does a solar flare so that now he doesn't have powers. Well, in the meantime, you know that Man Bats, Bane, Killer Croc, and Cheshire are out to get him. So he's there. Batman shows up. All these people are out. They fight a Man Bat. And then Batman shows up and basically tells Clark, hey, listen, you're not a superhero right now. You got to relax, big guy. Uh, and then he, he doesn't trust him enough so that he ties him to a pole. I laughed my ass off. That was pretty good. So he ties on the pole just as Killer Croc attacks. And I'm telling you, that Superman survives as long as he does in this issue <laughs> has nothing to do with Batman. Batman is just, he's awful to Superman or Clark in this issue. But you go... That's, that's what I like the most about it. The Batman and Superman were spot on for the writing for yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. I, Superman's I like an idiot and freaking Batman is awful to him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's funny, too, and it's almost like you get in your mind that Batman's like, you know what, buddy, I have to deal every day with this. I don't have powers, and look at you, you, you puny human. So it goes on. You get a, a rundown of them fighting each villain. Of course, Bane is, is the best to me because, again, you say that Batman and um, Superman are spot on. I love Bane here because, to me, that's Bane. Uh, in the issue, a guy, one of the guys that's hanging out with Clark goes and kind of wants to sell Clark out. He wants to get everyone out and like, basically, hey, you're, you're going to find Clark. Um, I know where he is. I'll show you where he is. Uh, just let everybody else free. Bane just stabs him. And, and the best part is then he talks to him like, I bet you wonder why I didn't ask you information and all this stuff. And, uh, I that's liked, a good question. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. Well, then Clark comes out and Bane's there and it's just, oh. But I don't know about you. My favorite part is as Bane's about to fight Clark, Batman comes out. He's actually riding Killer Croc. He's got him. He's on his back 
with ropes just riding him. I thought that was hilarious. I'm worried, though, because um, he said he blinded him. And I'm thinking to myself when I read the panel, because I, I had it on my little phone. Yeah, yeah. I blew it up there. I blew it up there because I was just reading the panel because yeah, I need to blow it the fuck there's up. There's no eyeballs. Yeah. Yeah. I look, thought he might have just covered his eyes up. His fucking eyes are, are non-existent in yeah, this. Yeah, I, I think he might have cut his eyes out. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> He's going hardcore. Uh, so then you get all this. And again, to me, it's just a lot of silly fun. You got Croc and, and uh, Bane falling off a cliff. Uh, they kind of look at each other, uh, Batman and Superman. And Batman kind of gives them like, you know what? You can take care of yourself. And everything's, you know laughing you see you see batman fly away with the villains in that crazy uh netting <laughs> that he has that just isn't possible to do what it's supposed to do everybody in that is dead if you ask yes. me they go off everything's fine right yeah seems like everything's great we're gonna you know it ends uh, a little fun time and then superman gets stabbed by one of the looters the woman he was with and appears to be dead what yeah. do you think do you think he's dead because he looks dead well, everything's going to change in June, though, because I guess Phantom King gets what he wants. He wants to take away his trust in humanity. Yeah. And by having this woman urge to uh, kill Clark, he's going to come back. He's going to get a haircut. And he's going to wear a T-shirt, apparently. Yeah, That's uh, his losing uh, trust yeah, in humanity. Again, he, yeah, he got stabbed by a woman, and he's going to change his wardrobe. Uh, and it says at the end, um, Phantom King says, goodbye, Superman, goodbye forever. And then it says to be to be continued in June when everything changes. And I, I, I like this issue. I gave it an 8 out of 10. I don't think it was necessary. I don't no. think that it did anything for the uh, Joker Superman Joker story. Uh, it set up the book for June, I guess, with that ending. But, man, yeah. it was fun. It was a lot of fun. It's always fun uh, for me to see clark and bruce go back and forth with each other like this and you don't really get that opportunity uh that much because superman is so overpowered that it's kind of a joke um but yeah i i liked it i thought that greg pock did a great job i think he's i think he's the best superman writer right now and in this one he really nails batman as well <laughs> but yeah. uh, you were saying before how you loved like uh because i like the the way that pock wrote for batman and superman you liked bane a lot yeah, yeah. I love the way – I don't know which artist did Bane. I love whoever that was because Bane looked awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I loved it too. I I like the Man Bats a lot. Um, the one thing I have to say, if I have any issue, Cheshire really gets the short end of the stick here. She's, yeah, really. She kind of walks in, throws some things. But, yeah, Bane, Bane was awesome. I'm looking at it right now. He is so good. And um, – yeah, besides not having eyes, I even like Killer Croc. He's not the the, ba the best Killer Croc I've seen. He's a little more uh, of the full-out, like, reptilian version that's like almost like a dinosaur-looking thing. There, I'm well, that's the thing. When the, when the book started out, like I was saying, I don't know which artist did what on this book. And the first panel we see him when Phantom King is urging these villains to yeah, go yeah. kill Ken, yep. I had no idea that was Killer Croc. I thought it was like a swamp monster. <laughs> swamp I didn't know monster. what the hell that was. Oh, jeez. But yeah, eight out of ten. That's what I say. No, we're I think I would on. give it an eight five. Yeah, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Like I said, I, there was a couple of things I thought were nonsense, but it was uh, a good issue. I had a lot of fun. Again, you know what? I have to remember it was an annual, and annuals often exactly. have these things, including your next book, which is a weird one because it's Batman and Robin Annual Number Three, written by Peter J. Tomasi with art by Juan Jose Reap, Jordi Tarragona, Juan 
Alberon and Sonia Obak. Yeah, it's weird because and remember you thought that uh, he wasn't on this. I did. I did think because the last issue was issue forty of Batman and Robin, and it ended really well. And Tomasi was on Twitter talking about how now that the issue is out, it's really real that his like run on this is over. Uh, again, I I think that he also meant like him and Gleason, and also yeah. really, this is not part of the you know what I mean the overall story. It's it's a to fun, a degree it is. You know, it's a it fun can, little it, story. It picks up where that last issue left off. Yeah, I'm just saying. It's not... This wasn't integral to the story he was telling, I don't think. I think that that 40 was the end, and then they had an annual. And that's a problem for me, to a degree, because we had this really nice, like, dramatic moment between Bruce and uh, Damien at the uh, issue 40, and it was really good. It got these characters back to where I wanted to be. And this is a rip-roaring space adventure. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, I, I like this, the nice ending from 40 now, but now this is different, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny, too, because, I mean, just a little, you know, sneak peek. What did you give this issue? 8.5 out of 10. Okay. And I probably would have given it a 9. Okay. And I think there's a lot of times where if you're invested in the, the full-out story and then these annuals come, they kind of tend to, to turn people off a little, I think. A little but, bit. But I haven't been reading all of Batman and Robin. I thought this issue was just rip-roaring fun. Exactly. That's why it got such a high mark, because yeah. while I like the other ending better than this one, I had a good time reading it. It's pretty much Batman and Robin fighting moon men who are pulling like an, uh, <laughs> you know, trying to take over the Earth, invasion of the body snatch, yeah. snatcher yeah. Snap style. Oh, and yeah. I don't know. But the, the biggest problem I have, that's the entire book right there. They're on the moon. They're fighting moon men. Yeah, there's not much and more to it. it. No. But the biggest problem I have with this book is at the end. It was like the last panel. After they defeated the moon men, Batman and Robin are looking up at the moon and the stars and all and everything like that. And then Batman goes to talk to Damien and he says, you know what I think of when I look at the stars? Pearls. Yeah, Because my odd. mom's dead. Yeah, it was oh, you didn't odd. say that last part. Yeah, but it was but just, like, uh, that was odd. It was so, a uh, nice moment between father and son and then Batman let his psychosis in on this shit and like, whoa, man, back it up a little bit. We get mm-hmm. it. Your parents are dead. Yeah, Talk to somebody. There's a, there's a couple. Uh, I like when Damien calls Superman soups because we yeah, always I make you, fun you of hate, that. You hate that. I do, but I, I thought it was funny that he called him. But also um, to show how much of a pig I am. Boy, I'd like to eat dinner at that watchtower. Do you see the, the, the spread they had in there? And what was yeah. weird, if you look at it, if you have it there, if you look, the right-hand side of the what would be what seems to be a refrigerator of some sort, or just it's yeah. holding the food, the right-hand side has all the good stuff. The left hand's all vegetables and garbage. Yep. But the right-hand side, is, it's got cake and turkey and ham. And I'm like, I'm going into that right-hand side. But, I'll yeah. say, you got to feed Flash while he's up there. Yeah, he's got a super I, metabolism. I know. I actually thought of that because it has this big – it looks like birthday cake. Whose birthday was recent? Because it looks like they have birthday cake. <laughs> uh, also, uh, while they're going, they're, they're on the moon, like you said. And I thought it was a little off when Batman's giving Damien basically a lesson on the American space program when he's telling – It was him, out of nowhere. They're and, like forcing and, it down your goddamn and throat. And didn't you think that that's the sort of thing that Damien would already know? Like the, the yeah. kid, the kid knows everything. He should have been telling Goddamn Batman genius. anything. But yeah, it seems so weird uh, the way they did it. But another thing that that I loved 
was all of Batman's like teaching phrases that they they kept saying. It's like if you're not prepared, like if you don't prepare for success, you're you know that sort of thing. I, I thought that was great. But... Like for forlorn is forearmed. Yeah, you know? yeah, it was so good. It's like Damien's. You, you can see him just like rolling his eyes at all those two. But you know what? Batman's right. Always... I realized I lied though. I said my only problem was at the end where fucking Batman gets all yeah. dark as shit. My big other big problem I had is that. They pe- they peek into a lunar module and they see these moon men like reshape oh, it and turn into a rocket. Say. Yeah, and Bat- Bat- and then they fly off and then Batman's telling Damien as they're trying to catch it. You know what? They looked like the all the original yeah. astronauts. They that did was not. Like, they, they did were, not. Yeah. They looked like fucked up aliens. I thought that too, and I was like, "What is he talking about? Like the back of their heads? Like their their hair on the back? They they looked nothing. Like he was saying almost like um." What, whoever was doing the art didn't get the memo that half of like exactly. you, you thought that it would be almost like a half uh, a two face type thing where half is the normal looking like almost like they're almost to the point where they're becoming the actual look exactly like invasion of the body snatchers yeah, but they didn't tell them. <laughs> I, thought, I thought the same thing and I think somebody fucked up somebody didn't get the memo uh, Batman, a, they look like Moon Men. I and, don't know what you're talking about. And I'm going to mention something to you, and I, I'm telling you this is so out of left field, and I don't think anybody who read this is going to think the same thing. But do you know anything about the um, the story, one of the stories of Scientology? About how the, uh, aliens, aliens in the volcano crashed into the Hawaiian volcano. Oh, shit. I never even put it that seems together. so weird to me. And I'm telling you, I looked up the volcano that they specifically And it's say. that one, isn't it? It's, yeah. It seems because it's be. a Hawaiian volcano. Yeah, it seems to be, and I'm like, what is he doing here? Is he like saying that this is somehow started Scientology? Sci- the Scientologists or science, are right. Yeah, or Scientology is so much nonsense that I'm, you know, Batman stuff. I don't know. It just seemed odd. I, I never even a, put that together. I have That's a feeling good. it has nothing to do with it, but it, it just right away I'm like, aliens crashing into Hawaiian volcanoes. That is a very odd decision then he explains it like this is the only i again he's like teaching damien something or saying something damien knows a lot of stuff and uh, i thought that that part was a little off but again i thought the art was great except except when those guys weren't too there were problems sometimes yeah well again you have all those artists the one thing i i liked the art because it was kind of a goofy like a um not a retro look, but kind of like a kind of that sort of deal. But yes, I, my one big problem is that Damien seems to change. Everybody who yeah. did it, he looks again. I I told you this uh, when we did Batman and Robin last week. I I tend to think that every panel he seems to be a different age, and it, it happens a lot. And it, I think it happened uh, this one. But yeah, anything else on that? Scientology was right, apparently. No, that's yeah. all I got on that yeah. one, but uh, that was a good and, issue. I, yeah. Yeah, I liked it. This was, again, this was a typical annual. I like those sort of annuals where you get goofy little stories. And, and again, it it, it it extended that uh, time you get with Batman and Damien before uh, exactly. son, of, son of Batman. Which we still and that's don't the know. main draw for me. Yeah, we still don't know what that Son of Batman's about at all. Maybe they're going to be sure we can fighting look it moon up. men all the time. <laughs> uh, I don't want to fight moon men. But... The next issue I have is Superman Wonder Woman number 17, written by Peter J. Tomasi and Doug Mankey. So Peter J. is at it again. <laughs> I didn't like this issue. I don't. Did you read this one? 
I did read this one, and I'm saying I'm a little bit lost because I've, uh, I've I've read the last couple uh, Magog issues. Yeah, well, this is and all, this is from that, and that's the problem. I know it's just I I don't I don't know if it's so because I wasn't really invested. I didn't remember where we left off when I went well, into this one. Well, remember at one point uh, recently was when Superman supposedly was going to turn into one of those anti men, and we had talked yeah, about yeah, how yeah. we thought he was going to turn into a cheetah, and that had happened before. Like he did in Justice League, yeah. He doesn't turn into an Animan all of a sudden. You know what? He turns into a rage monster. And yep. it, right there was a part that uh, I just, it, it felt off. But this issue continues basically the battle between Cersei and Wonder Woman. And um, in it, Cersei decides that uh, she's going to give Diana a choice. She can either save humanity. The hero's choice yeah the hero's choice you can save a bunch of humans from the newly revived magog or Which save is bullshit yeah i know and and again i'll, I'll go back to that at the, it starts off uh who do they hire to work at argus because those two guys are <clears throat> are the worst they they're actually almost giggling that argus is going to come and slice up magog unfortunately at that point magog is an kid. eight-year-old yeah. And they're, they're like, oh, I guess they're going to cut him up. They're, they make fun of him twice. They call him Goat Boy and Mumbles. And the poor yep. kid has been taken control of by a, a god and turned into something that, that's just awful. But it's still, it's a little kid. But they get theirs. They get killed anyway. And uh, <laughs> Magog gets revived. And he's, he, he is upset. Because the heroes weren't there to save his mom. So to prove this point, he starts threatening to kill people. The, I, I don't understand this. Why would he do this? Why would somebody who's so upset that their mom got killed during the parademon attack, why would yeah. he then go and basically do the same thing? These people on this bus have kids. They're, they're at home waiting for their mom and dad to come home. Yet Magog is going to do the same exact thing that he had happen to him. It's ridiculous. I was trying to figure. I was trying to figure out his reasoning on this, yep. and all I could think of is that I'm going to kill these people to prove to other people that heroes can't be trusted. Yeah, and then he's basically, "This is what your lot in life is. You guys are just here for heroes." To, it's it's a bunch of nonsense. And again, Cersei gives Wonder Woman a, a choice, and if Wonder Woman, you know, she picks the hero's choice as to go save the humans. Well, in the meantime. There is one of the worst foreshadowings I've ever seen where she basically <laughs> looks down at her lasso. And yeah. I mean, I, I'm waiting for her to wink, nudge, give Superman that <laughs> snap her fingers, whatever you have to be. But she goes off. In the meantime, you find out she, she has somehow slipped Superman the lasso. I don't know where he hit no, no, the no. lasso. No, no, he did not. Sli she did not slip it. She left it on the ground, and somehow in Superman's raged-out state, state he figured out, hey, look, this. I'm going to put it around my neck, and I I'm going to be okay. I actually thought maybe she hit it where uh, the Viet Cong Sundo would Chum. never look. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's the, a gold the watch. The one place your daddy knew. Uh, yeah, it was very odd. And, yeah, it, it miraculously ends up around his neck. But she goes down. She stops Magog. Superman breaks free of Cersei's spell with this damn lasso, which is actually a nice call-out to the yeah. Doom story. But, again, it's so forced and ridiculous. And then the issue ends up with Diana maybe starting a blog. I was pissed off at this. And she is writing a story 
about football and doesn't even know what football is. And what is she, Anosenti? No, you know what she is? She's like a guy who starts a review and says that is the best Bizarro story he's ever read when he's never read a Bizarro story ever. Uh, Actually, so basically, uh, I thought, I said, she is the worst. <laughs> she, she's basically going to just start writing because she wants to. She doesn't need to know anything about what she's writing. She thinks she's going to write because Superman writes. It's a bunch of bull crap. And I, I'll tell you, in the personal deal, I, I did this review. I gave it a 4.5 out of 10. I didn't like it at all. I thought there was so I love many... the art. I, oh, well, yes. The art is uh, Menke's art is always great. Yeah. I input, I put, I haven't enjoyed Tomasi's run so far, but the art by Doug Menke is always great. Um, this book, since Tomasi has taken over, I, I have not liked it. I want to like it. This is one of my favorite books. Superman Wonder Woman is one of my favorite books. And I think that he is just, um, he just doesn't have a grip on these characters together. And, um, I made a joke in my thing. It's the book doesn't have any soul. S O U L E. I saw that. And I yeah. laughed. Yeah, that was my joke. But um, what happened is I tweeted this out, and this has happened a couple times. Um, the hell yeah, Superman, Wonder Woman. They they keep calling me out every month. I don't like this book, and they keep calling me out that they like it. And then we kind of get in the discussion. They're they're very nice about it. Yeah. Um, they love it. I don't know if they really do. They're convincing themselves because I. I don't like it. I just, I something is off. And again, Magog as as a villain, Cersei, it's okay. And the other thing, do you remember how Cersei kind of ends when she gets defeated? She sends freaking Superman back, and this goes away. What is she? You know what she says? Eh, what? There'll be another tomorrow. <laughs> and I'm like, really? This is worse than freaking, uh, you know, uh, Lincoln March and Batman Eternal. The, the the villain ends an arc by just saying, ah, well, there's tomorrow. We'll, we'll get him someday. Come on, guys. Do it for the Gipper. Oh, rats. Defeated today. Yeah, it's, yeah, really. You, know, you you meddling kids. Yeah, exactly. And, and then, again, then it's like pouring salt in the wound when Wonder Woman just decides to uh, write, you know, write some articles. Well, honestly, at this ending, I got personally pissed off because I, I – honestly, if I was Superman at this point, I had the same problem where my girlfriend – she doesn't have a lot of interests of her own, so yeah. if I get really big into something, she wants to start doing it as well, so we could do it together. I'm like, no, this is my thing. Well, if you remember, Leave it the fuck alone. You, did you read? You didn't read any of the early ones, did you? When uh, no. Charles Soule did it, like I read a, a few, I think actually. I don't there know. were a lot where uh, Wonder Woman, like he, Superman would be there, and Wonder Woman would want to go see a band and dance, and say, oh, that's not my thing. Oh, come on, she had her own thing. She was like, she was actually the one that seemed to be like the strong part of of the two and it was really good and it was really like one of those where it was the the melding of two worlds also i really liked uh when soul did it because he was really great at bringing both of their books together but not in a way that seemed forced and and this one it seems forced like i said the the whole lasso thing it just it was ridiculous i i just it's ridiculous I, I want the extended ending to this where, like, uh, Diana gives Clark her, her paper and, and, and he says, laughs. Hey, can, no, <laughs> where it's like, hey, could you go over this for me and see how it is? And he just says, okay. And then as soon as she leaves, he crumples it up and throws it away. Yeah, it's, and the best is it's not even – it's not on paper. It's on the laptop. So he just cracks the laptop over his – Actually, I, this. I think <laughs> he crumples her laptop like it's paper oh, to yeah. a ball. And <laughs> throws it over his shoulder. And, yeah, that was great. 
Uh, How is she going to write about football? What is that sport? Again, the sphere? She's like, yeah, what is that? And then it's like a, that weird thing. What is that sport? Oh, I'm having one of those things. What is it called? She doesn't remember anything. What's wrong with her? She, like a, it, a, a brain at, fart? At first, yeah, I that's she... what you call it, a brain fart. Brain freeze. Uh, yeah, brain freeze. Then she's what? Uh, what rhymes with uh, synchronicity? She's got to be asking him all the things. Uh, what did Wikipedia say about Justice League three thousand? Yay! But uh, um, I, now the thing is, when this started, I thought she was going to write a story, you know, about the people, about their like the experiences that she's had no, with Magog and she's writing about a football No, it's coach. about football. It yeah. seems to be about a football coach. Next, she's going to decide she's going to start dating out of nowhere. She's going to start dating uh, Stephen King. She's going to become a freaking horror writer. Ay, ay, ay. All right. I've had enough of it. Your next thing is Arkham Manor Endgame. Yes, it is. And go Arkham Manor it, Endgame go number one it. is Perform. written by... Perform like you I know. I am performing. I know. Hey, Frank Thierry wrote this. I know. I, you know how I love me some Frank Thierry. I love me some Frank Thierry as well. Art by Felix Ruiz... Roberto Villacava, Walden Wong, Christian Duce, and Nick Filardi. Now, what are you laughing at? <laughs> Every time you read these artists, I'm like, the half of these things, even myself, but man, there's so many artists on books nowadays, and they think just, we, we probably butcher their names. Oh, terribly. I think you might have called one guy Corn on the Cob just now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you were saying. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, go um, on. You you've been reading these Endgame tie-ins too, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, this one. Is <laughs> this not... one. I no, know I'm what saying... you're gonna say, but it's not just this one. No, no, no. Oh, you're I, gonna say you're... you liked it? It's not bad. I liked it. And I'm I not gonna it... say that it's necessary. I thought no, you were gonna uh, no, say. No, no, no. I thought I'm you were gonna, gonna say, oh, these aren't. This one's not very necessary. So you're right. No, no, it's not about that. It's about okay. the fact that this is plays as an Arkham Manor epilogue as well as a tie into yeah, Endgame. Yeah. I, again, I just laughed. I didn't mind this one, but in the end, this is almost no. like what I was saying about Future's End, the, the event earlier. When I get an idea that something is one way and I think these Endgame tie-ins are supposed to be somewhat necessary, these things are all a bunch of hooey. So there. <laughs> Individually, the issues are good enough. I, I like this issue. Uh, it's odd. I thought it's it was, very odd. I yeah, it was a very odd issue. Uh, but if you're a, if you were a fan of Arkham Manor and you only got those six issues, this works as a decent yeah, epilogue yeah. to that to get a little bit more. Uh, um, were you pissed off at the ending then? No. Okay. Well, go on. I'm, well, I don't want to jump ahead. I'm saying though, all the character, pretty much, I figured all the characters and plus a few more that were captured in Batman Eternal mm -hmm. break out in this one. So you got Bane, you got Clayface, uh, Scarecrow. They're all breaking out here, too, because the, the whole um, Arkham Manor has been overrun by Jokerized fucking people. Mm -hmm. You know, the crazy-ass new yeah, string. Yeah. And the Joker's there. And it's all about a guard trying to escape with a pack of villains who are protecting him because they think that he can get them out. And we find out at the end that the Joker is an imposter. Yep. It is actually Dr. Jeremiah Arkham, which is really cool because this is what I'm talking about, the epilogue. Because in Arkham Manor number six, we saw that Ar uh, Jeremiah Arkham was starting to lose it a little bit. Yeah, he lost it fully now. Exactly. He's putting on wigs and fucking makeup. Gone the whole full 90 yards. The only it's problem... like you on a Saturday night. Damn right, baby. Yeah. Friggin'. The only problem I have is, how the hell did he get this Joker toxin? I don't know. Because he, <laughs> well, jokerizes, everybody, when... he jokerizes all the inmates and then lets them go. Uh, he went to the Joker store, got the, um, the wig, the makeup, the suit, and also somehow bought the font that he talks with. 
-hmm. And then uh, they just threw in the toxin. As now, a, in know, my mind, get one free. In my mind, he got all these things the same shop that Pee Wee Herman went to in Big Adventure. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, if anybody's seen that, I watched that a couple months ago, and I get I got mad at that scene because that poor guy who has that shop, he gets all these things yeah, in for Pee Wee special, and Pee Wee's like, mm mm. Mm. He starts yawning at the one point. Pee Wee, you jerk. All right, hold on. You're saying that's bullshit? The guy at the comic book shop did the same thing for you, and you never went back. That's right. Well, that's because he owns the shop. Pee Wee was a customer. That guy got, well, yeah. I, I don't sit there. <laughs> no, I, got, I got what you're saying. Exactly. Uh, I'm wrong. Yeah, you were well, a dick no. as well. Pee Wee told him, obviously, he goes, what do you got for me now? I don't go into the comic shop and say, hey, I want to get Grayson. And what else was I getting? Future's End. Future's End. I get Future's End and Grace, and the guy goes, you know what? You seem like you like Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, you do. I did, but I didn't want the comic. <laughs> Freaking jerk. Oh, yes. But yeah, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Mm -hmm. there we go. You got something to say, Amazing Larry? <laughs> <laughs> I think we've lost track. Oh, so you yeah, have Arkham Manor and Game, and like I said, uh, it's a bunch of... Uh, I'm sorry. The only actually, bit... The only tie-in bit is that you got some Jokerized folks out of nowhere, yeah. which doesn't make sense to me. And at the end, when you felt like uh, Dr. Jeremiah Arkham is captured, mm -hmm. you have the inverted bat signal hanging in the sky yeah. outside the window. Uh, one thing I did like, like you said, this was a nice, um, like an epilogue to, yeah. to the actual series. And the series ended so quickly that it was nice to have, you know, another issue to go. Uh, but yeah, other than that, it's, it's hardly a tie-in to anything. You got, you got Joker. That's all. Everybody's got the memo. Okay, you want to tie into this end game thing? Here's what you do. You got a bunch of Jokerized people. Go with it. That's all but it the, is. That's what one it good thing be. though. We had somebody comment on the site that didn't realize that Clownface and Clayface are two different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they Clayface fights Clownface, in this, and I wish we would have seen more of that because it yeah. seems awesome. Yeah, it was funny when Clayface is basically like, "There's only one. Uh, there's only one Clayface." Exactly. I don't know fighting. how. I don't know how Clownface got back to Arkham Manor, but he's there. Yeah, yeah. But no, I I like this issue enough. I gave it a uh, seven point five out of ten. I probably would have given it a six five. I'm saying I had a good time over reading. I like Frank Thierry. I thought he wrote a decent escape like uh, issue. Like you know, we're escaping yeah. the manor. Shit's yeah. gone, gotten real. Like I said, it, it's it's fine. It just it just was unnecessary. Well, yeah, it's unnecessary. If I can, all convergence is going to be unnecessary. You're unnecessary. Get get going right now. Start up your dead man's party blog. Oh, it's going to be a good one, get brother. Going, you know, and then we'll see. We'll see where you end up. Oh. Out on the streets. Somehow you're not going to be able to pay rent because you start that blog. Uh, am I not going to work still? <laughs> I don't know. You're going to have to work overtime. Guess what? Guess who else is paying the rent? Who's that, baby? Harley Quinn. Oh, shit. And this is Harley Quinn number 16, written by Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti, with art by Chad Harden and John Timms. And, of course, you didn't read it. No. It's fine. I... I... I was busy today. I didn't get the chance to read every book. Remember last issue when uh, the Gang of Harleys kind of came about? She got the idea yeah. that they were going to have a Gang of Harleys. Did you get the idea that they had already kind of picked out who the Gang of Harleys was going to be, basically? Remember you saw no. all those different girls? Well, I'm saying, we, we saw all those different girls, but they Guess probably what? didn't. They're but. part of the Gang of Harleys. But this issue, you get to see them interview people to become part of the Gang of Harleys. And that's, that's weird. That's basically what you get. This issue, um, to me, I think that Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti were called and they said, hey, listen, uh, we need another issue. 
before convergence just to kind of we need some more issues on that Wednesday so can you please write another one before June and they said okay we'll do it and so they write this so what you get is Harley buying a building so that they can find somewhere to have a headquarters for the gang of Harleys and then having a isn't the freak process. show enough for that? I'm uh, saying they, yeah. they have no, a building there. A nope. bunch of weird shit's going on. Nope. They're going to have their own building, and they're going to go. Now, before that, I do have to mention, the the issue starts out with Harley and Poison Ivy in the um, uh, in a movie theater. And you I did know, read that part. You know what they're going to watch? Or what they're watching? Uh, Fury Road? Yeah. Mad Max Fury Road, it seems. I'm like, this thing takes place in the future. And they're talking. Somebody gets mad. They leave, and you know what's a pretty cool joke in this? What? Around the movie theater are all the variant poster covers from this month's oh, really? issues. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty funny. And then they go back into the movie theater after getting kicked out of that theater, and they go to see Fifty Shades of Grey. And then they... Oh, damn. And then they leave that. But, yes. And, again, you see all... There's the, uh, the Action Comics Bill and Ted cover... There's the Superman Superfly cover. There, there's some good ones. The Batgirl um, Purple Rain cover. And, what Harley and Poison Ivy think about Fifty Shades of Grey? Uh, they don't seem to like it. At one point, they're talking about it, and then they have the whole, everybody has a head tilt. They also, I have to point out that um, whether it was Palmiotti and Connor, it was uh, Tim's and Harden, whoever it was, I think nailed it because in that theater, all ladies. <laughs> Not one dude in that in that theater. So I thought that was pretty funny. There's actually this issue has a lot of funny jokes in it. It's just again, I think it was very unnecessary. Uh, they uh, they make fun of the village people at one point. You got Eggy, you got Mister Egg going. You got and the the um, the hideout or the headquarters are going to be is called the Dream and Seaman. And that's what you get in Harley. It's a lot of <laughs> stuff like that. But they have a. They have the people show up for uh, to be in the gang of Harleys, and again, it's like a line around the block. It's more. I people think I was at that thought. place last time I was in New York. Yeah, well, you get a lot of people. You get like this this crazy tattooed lady. You got uh, a model that's only there, or almost like a Paris Hilton, who's only there because her dad wants her to go for a job, and it's almost like a. One of those where people are on unemployment and have to prove that they went. She gives Carly, hey, can you call my dad and say I was here? But you also get a new character that I love. And it is a girl in a wheelchair. And she is blind and crippled. And she has a dog that appears to be blind as well. He has the glasses. But again, she has red hair too. And she's in a wheelchair. Very, very odd. And and you know what? She might even be a tech person when all is said and done. But yeah, it's it's some like, sort of oracle. It's it's like their version of Oracle. I think it's great. Yeah. Uh, you also get like some other failed attempts, but then you get the the girl whose um, parents own that Indian restaurant. Remember her? That was my yeah, favorite yeah. one. Uh, she's in. You get that uh, Asian girl who is good with weapons. And again, there's there's just like every other one. One's like this uh, awful woman breastfeeding kids and smoking. Uh, but other than the girl in the wheelchair, my two other favorites, Cy Borgman's niece, <laughs> Hannah Borgman, who's great. She's like, oh, my, my uncle Cy said to come by. And then one of my favorites is a gay guy, and it's so good. He, he wants in, and at the end, you see them all dressed up. He's in full-out Harley uh, garb, and it's great. But you also get, remember the, uh, the black girl from the beginning? Yeah. Of the last thing from Harlem, she's in it. It's all that. There's some 
what looks to be a meth addict as well. But um, they all get well. Harley's not good at deciding things, so she decides that the way she's going to figure it out is she's going to turn out the lights. Everybody beat the crap out of each other, and whoever's left standing at the end wins. And Jesus. so she she does that. Everybody's going. Then there's a little joke with um, the letter. There's uh, John J. Hill, the letter, who's claiming that he's uh, been abused and he didn't want to do this issue. It's, you know, one of these <laughs> crazy jokes they have. I think it was just a waste of pages. And right. then they get to it. At the end, there's everybody there. They're making the costumes. And at the end, you see the gang of Harleys come out. That's about it. That's what you get. Um, but in a other twist, it appears that the Oracle girl might have a thing going with Big Tony. So Big Tony might have a girlfriend. Which but, really set her up with Mike from Supergirl. Yeah, yeah really. Uh, that's not very nice, Eric. No, yeah, it's not. So they have the end, and it's like, here they are, the gang of Harleys. And I'm like, I thought that was what we were getting the last issue. I actually <laughs> thought this issue, they were just going to have said, okay, here's the gang. Uh, let's go do something funny and, and exciting. No, you, you got this whole issue that just seemed like a lot of filler and setup to me. But it, it's always fun. I, I always enjoy Harley. But yeah, setup and filler. And you know what I gave it? What's that? I gotta find my notes. I gave it a six. <laughs> I gave it a six point five out of ten, which is by far the the worst score I've given Harley since I I took the book over from you. Huh, and that's that. And uh, last book, I'm just gonna go very quickly. The last book I have is Wonder Woman number forty. You didn't read this that's as well. No, I'm sick. I really wanted to read this one yeah. too. Um, it continues the Wonder Woman story of her being. Um, deposed as queen of the Amazons, Donna Troy and her have been fighting. And actually, the issue starts with her and Donna Troy fighting. And then in the middle, they stop the fight and say, uh, you know, what's going on? And you get the whole explanation again about how, oh, Wonder Woman is, you know, she hasn't been around. She isn't this. She's oh, allowed, really? She's allowed the men on Themyscira. And again, I've, I've heard this a hundred times, it seems. Uh, you know, I I think I said in my review, stop me if you, you haven't heard this before, but you know, <laughs> they, they're mad at Wonder Woman. And so what she does is, to to me, well, they're going to test her in two days, they claim. So you would think Wonder Woman would kind of, you know, do a little PR, hang out on Themyscira, you know, do some things. Nope, she goes off to visit with the Justice League. And uh, initially she helps Superman save a bus full of kids that the uh, bus is falling over uh, a bridge. Uh, and why is that? Is because we go back to that stupid hole with those bugs. Remember that? That whole thing. No. Did you read it at all then when the, the whole Justice League were going and there's these bugs that were down? Well, they go back. They, I don't think I read that. No, it was this dig. It, it's not very exciting. This is the whole thing with this book is that nothing is really compelling to me. Um, except maybe Donna Troy, but they make her awful. But I'll get to that. I'm saying they, that's what I want to see yeah, more of Donna yeah. Troy. That's well, why I really wanted to read this. Well, instead they go and um, they go down in this this awful thing. They, you got the whole Justice League flashes there, cracking wise. Cyborg's there for a minute, but uh, her and Batman have a little. Remember, remember, I was telling you that Batman kind of was uh, giving her a little crap about if uh, being the God of War changed her. Yeah, yeah, I, um, I read that. She, yeah, well. And that issue, I thought that issue, they went down in this dig. It's like a dig site that they found, and they found these bugs, and then all this trouble happened. Well, they go down. Batman and Wonder Woman have a, kind of a one of those nice moments, like, uh, like, hey, uh, Diana, I just wanted to. No, no, you don't have to say anything. We're good. 
So they go down, and, and the one thing I did like was in this, they go down and they find the queen of these bugs. And the, I don't know what kind of queen of the bugs. It looks like a, a movie. It, actually, it looks like the, a person from the cover of that movie, Zombie. Right. It just looks odd. But uh, she steps up. She actually takes control, and I really liked it, that she was the one who was like, hey, guys, I got it. She was, at this point, head of the Justice League. Starts talking to these awful zombie looking things and she's like hey you guys you've done all this bad stuff and they said well why are you upset you're the one who caused it what and it it turns out that it seems that how they got rid of the firstborn caused these these this alien race or this ancient race to wake up uh under under uh underground so it, she has caused all of it and again it's almost this book and i think somebody either on twitter or something said to me this book with um, the Finches seems to be like making Wonder Woman the cause of every problem and everything. And it's almost like everything that Brian Azzarello did, they're trying to prove was awful. I don't know, because you get you get that where, oh, you the firstborn, you, you put him away and this caused us to be awful and kill people. You've got Donna Troy. Bullshit. Donna Troy, who was raised as the pure Amazon, and what she wants to do, or what they want her to do, is to get rid of the men of Themyscira that they got at the very end of Brian Azzarello's run to help fight the Firstborn. And in this issue, you see that Donna Troy doesn't like those guys because she goes and pretty much slaughters them. So they're hanging out on the side like, oh, Wonder Woman will come back, Wonder Woman will help us, and then (laughs) Donna Troy and the Amazons just attack, and they're killing them. Blood's going all over Donna Troy's face, and I... I want to like Donna Troy, and I mean, if anybody likes her in this book, they're an awful human being because she's <laughs> awful. I I don't know why they brought her back for this purpose. Um, I think they're just working a way in to have her back. Well, you obviously, know, it's, it's going to be that the evil person is this uh, woman, this old crone of the Amazons. I, that Russian lady that comes to my door? No, well, she probably looks like her. Actually, I wish <laughs> you would have read the issue so you could tell me if she does. I'm I'm trying to pull it up now. Yeah, oh yeah. I bet you she does. She has long, raggedy hair, and she doesn't have tape on one of her eyes, but man, she is ugly. Kind of looks a little like you. Oh. But now, she's obviously, um, well, not obviously, but you would think that she is kind of um, not hypnotizing. Again, suggesting. The puppet master. Yeah, she, she's pulling the strings of Donna Troy. And again, not only do I like or want to like Donna Troy, but master. man. It even is, um, I heard that today on the radio, uh, David Finch <laughs> even seems to go out of his way to make every panel with Donna Troy looks awesome. She looks so good, and um, I, I just want to like her. But after this, I can't see her coming out of this and being, I don't care if she's being manipulated or whatever. You know what happened when Magog was being manipulated? Argus is going to tear him apart. I, I think that should happen here too. So there, I'm awful. But yeah, at the end, the issue just ends again with Donna Troy killing the men of Themyscira. And I was left thinking, what the hell? I thought it would at least have a little closure going into this Convergence event. Had none. Nope. Nothing was resolved really at all. Um, I I didn't like it. Uh, well, I say I didn't like it. I, I liked it as much as the rest of the Finch's issues, which isn't great. I gave it a 7 out of 10. Uh, but That's again, for- well, again, the art is so good. Exactly. Uh, David Finch's <laughs> art's great. So if if I'm going to give anything, if I'm going to go right down the middle and give five for art, five for you know, yeah, feel, yeah. it's a five out of five art. 
I love it. I read a bunch of people who don't. I I don't know. They might. Well, be, they can suck it. They might be blind. But uh, yeah. No, I'm blind and I love it. Uh, the art, uh, the art's great. It's just these things is are. Uh, I'm trying to get a grip on what I want to say. The the story is just not it's not gripping to me. It's not it doesn't grab me in any sort of way. And I want it to. Again, I love Wonder Woman. These books that go like Superman Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman, I want to like them. I go into the, each issue hoping that it's the issue that I love because man, I couldn't get enough of Wonder Woman before and Superman Wonder Woman I loved. Um Though that, like I said, that's all I have to say. But I do want to give a shout out to a and the times title. they be a change. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to a, uh, the Wonder Woman seventy seven digital title. Um, the number four chapter four came out on Thursday, and that's written by Mark and Draco and has art by Jason Bedauer. And if anybody really wants a Wonder Woman book that you can tell the author loves Wonder Woman gets it, it's this one. Mark and Draco obviously loves or love the Wonder Woman television show. And this issue is so good. I It's my pick of the week. I'm going to give that pick All of right. the week. Pick of the week. I gave it a 9-8 because it was so good. I don't want to spoil it, but it's one of those where if you liked any sort of Wonder Woman television, even an awful pilot that may have been <laughs> done in 1974, uh, starring Look Captain that up on Crosby, uh, you'll love this issue. It's so good. And the art is some of the best art that I've seen in a long time, and it's so good. It's so true to the source material, and yes, I even uh, used the Wonder Woman's uh, song a bit in my review because at one point she starts twirling around, and you could just hear it. But it, it, it's so good. So if, how'd you if, use that cool bass line? If uh, <laughs> if you're like me and a lot of the Wonder Woman books now in the in the DCU are kind of upsetting you, uh, check this out. Though I can't give DC any props for how they promote these digital titles because I had no idea this book came out on Thursday. They had had Sensation Comics featuring Wonder Woman coming out the last month or two, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Wonder Woman 77 came out again. And like last it, night, you sent me a message. Did you know that Wonder Woman 77 yeah, came out? I, nope. I was like, I can't believe it. So I read it, and I just like, this is so good, i got to review it right away because usually Friday nights I had been doing the uh, Arkham Knight book. Yeah. And last night I found out they had put this out, and I reviewed it and loved it. Nine eight. That's that's like a ten in your book. You know what that's in my book? A nine eight. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's it. That seems to be it for the podcast tonight. All right. Huh? What time is it? It's twelve thirty at night. Yep. I'm off. It's been a long night. I'm off to Taco Bell. You're not gonna what get a baconator swab. I don't know. I said to my uh, my. Uh, 12-year-old son, Rafe, that we were going to go get something to eat after Why is this. he not in bed? He is. That's the problem. I think he went to bed. He had enough. He had enough comic talk and just walked away, <laughs> I guess. But, uh, I guess for our listeners. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, again, I'd like to ask people to come to our site at weirdsciencedccomicsblog.blogspot.com. You can check us out on Twitter at weirdsciencedc. You can go to iTunes to get the podcast and then leave a rave review, something along the lines of, these guys make my ears bleed. I can't believe they even try to do a podcast. I love them. Five stars. Yeah, don't do that. That's, I got enough of that. That's what everybody does. <laughs> it seems to be the joke. Joke's on you, buddy. You're a joke. Oh. Uh, if they want to write in, they can, 
I don't know why I said it. If you guys want to write in to us and have us read it on the air, write to weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. Also, we may be on TV on Wednesday, but we don't know, and it'll be at 1 a.m., so everybody should be asleep. And Eric, what about Facebook? Uh, you go to www.facebook.com backslash weirdsciencedccomics. And the other thing, if uh, Eric always likes to say, if you want to find us and you can't remember any of this, just remember Weird Science DC Comics, and it usually points somewhere towards us. I want to go play with my uh, new Imaginex Hall of Doom. Oh, the Hall of Doom set. you got. Are you going to uh, give us a little unboxing video? That's the thing is I'm thinking about doing this. I'm a little wary on it because I don't want to be one of those guys, but I might start doing some toy reviews. I don't know. Toy I love reviews? This, I love this Imaginex line, and I talked some harsh shit on this freaking Hall of Doom in a top yeah, five list did. before. So I'm going to give it the real lowdown while I play with it. Possibly. play with it? I'm going to do a review on a Nerf football and possibly a Does new, it look like Batman? A new pair of flip-flops. <laughs> I don't know why I thought of flip-flops. I hate flip-flops. Everybody hates flip-flops. You know why I hate flip-flops? Because they flip-flop? No, because I have stinky feet. That's true. And you can't really wear flip-flops with socks, though I don't wear socks usually. But when Also, I, I tend to get a little bad in my um, cutting of my toenails a lot of times. Oh, you're just gross. Oh, it is. I, I'm a gross man. And, uh, yeah, flip-flops do not go well with me. <laughs> not at all. And I guess that's well, it. That's, right? that's all the show we have for you tonight. Uh, everybody have a good week, and we'll see you in seven. Hey, happy Easter, my man. Uh, yeah, it's I don't Easter know right now. You're a religious fella. Happy Easter. What the hell are they think Fuller House?